<laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome to this episode of Look Who's Talking Mao. I am your host, Chris Mowry, and joining me today is returning guest, sports nerd and Hembry keyboardist Eric Davis. How you doing, man? Hey, it's great to be here again, Chris. Congrats on the release of the full length, uh, House on Fire. Oh, thank you. And also, congrats on your solo project, Paolo Zolo, releasing a new single, Up North. Yeah, and we got a new, uh, I got an EP coming out too later this summer with Record Machine. Oh, nice. Awesome Kansas City label. And then, yeah, yeah, House on Fire came out last week, which is great. I've actually had some time to watch some basketball. So I've been, <laughs> I've been enjoying that because I've been, yeah, I've been real busy with that. And yeah, we're going down to uh, hang out on the Gulf Shore. We're going to, uh, we're going to play a set next week and that's going to be really fun. Is that really Hangout hang Fest? Yeah. 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 Great. Yeah. Unbelievable. On a beach. Yeah. We're going to be on the beach next week, uh, rocking out with some of with uh, yeah, same day as Cardi B. So if I uh, there you go, if I um, meet her, we we've been we've been uh, discussing doing a little um, collab with uh, <laughs> Cardi Bree. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like that. I heard her mm. set at the what is it? Um, I want to call it Sandstone, but that's yeah. not it. I heard her Providence set was like, yeah. Medical Center Amphitheater or something like that. It sounds like a hospital. Yes, uh, I heard her set was very very mm. short. And not really? very good. Yeah, she just did like a, a medley of all of her songs. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that medley then. <laughs> and new guest uh, that I'm very excited to have on uh, from 610 Sports on your AM dial and the Shoot for Ball podcast, Carrington Harrison. How are you, man? Hey, how are you guys doing? I appreciate you having me on. It's been a, we've been trying to do this for like a, a month. Something <laughs> yeah. always happens. Like yeah. you wanted to talk right after the draft and the draft was just super busy. And yep. then Tyree Kill as well being Tyree <laughs> Kill. So I've just been really busy, but... I'm happy to uh, join you guys today. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So, uh, before we get all nerdy into our sports topics and, and all that, where uh, where are you from? I'm from here. Um, oh, okay. I lived in Kansas City my whole life. Um, I grew up on 75th over by 7th Heaven. Oh, yeah, my yeah. My mom got married, so we moved kind of further south over by the Ruskin area. But, yeah, no, born and raised here in Kansas City. That's awesome. How did you uh, get started in sports radio, or how did you know that that's what you wanted to do? Um, I realized at a really young age that I wasn't going to play professional sports. Like, I, I realized <laughs> that, you know, my athletic Same. ability yep. was only going to take me so far. Uh, so, you know, I always like to talk. Um, I guess super long story short, I was a junior in college. I sent an email to 610 and 810. 610 reached out to me and just kind of started the ball rolling. I interned for Nick Wright for a couple of summers, and then when I dropped out of school to kind of work for him full-time and just kept working my way up the corporate ladder, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I love Nick. I love yeah. the – it's like the only show I watch on Fox. So Yeah, I got to meet him a couple of times. Really, really cool dude. Yeah, no, Nick's really cool. We still talk um, every once in a while. He's a lot more busy than he used to be. I'd say so. No, I, I, I watched that – um, it's kind of weird now with kind of YouTube and the internet and stuff. Mm. I, I don't ever watch his show on television, but now no. I watch it on YouTube or I yep. watch the little five-minute clips on Twitter. So That's what I do. I, you know, I mm. think now with you know kind of how things are and we're like much more in this like streaming on-demand era, like you can kind of just get the content how you want to get it. So I, I keep up with it. I know what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. I hate I, to tell him I don't really watch it on TV very often. I don't really yeah, watch no, a lot a, of people's show on TV yeah, very no, often. YouTube, I, YouTube I just think is that's kind of that. the way it goes now these days. Yeah. I mean, that's I think that's the way most people watch stuff. I mean, yeah. I see everything on YouTube, So, but I mean, it's amazing because I don't think I would have time to watch his show. And I love Nick Wright. Like, yeah. I did not miss his show uh, back when he was on 610. Yeah. And it's awesome to get to see what he's doing, and I'm not surprised by his success at all. He's, yeah. he's killing no, it. No, he's doing great. And it's also great to have a, a Chiefs fan on uh, TV oh, like yeah. that all the time <laughs> yeah. talking about it. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it, I mean, it trips me out, just yeah. like from someone who's known Nick for, mm -hmm. I mean, now basically my entire adult life. I yeah. remember when it kind of like hit me. I think they had just started the show, and he was talking to Roger Goodell. And I'm like, yeah. 
in studio. Like, I yeah. wasn't on the phone. It was like Roger Goodell had stopped by, and he's interviewing Roger Goodell. I'm like, Nick is just in a different stratosphere. Yeah. I'm just talking to him <laughs> off the air about various stuff. Yeah, Nick yeah. is in a different category. Yeah. What made you uh, start a shoot for ball? We can't really talk NBA on the show. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's probably yeah. the biggest thing. Yep. So I just kind of wanted to talk basketball with my friends. So a couple years ago, probably three years ago, maybe right when the Warriors run really started, one of my friends, he's a Warriors fan, and our group chat, the most busy it would be was during NBA playoff games. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's married, and his wife got really upset. Like, So she made mm. a rule he couldn't participate in the group chat after 1030. <laughs> so it became like this running joke. So mm. like during the day, we would get all these NBA conversations. And then we just kind of had the conversation probably over the last two years about let's just do a podcast together. And we just decided one day to let's just do a podcast together. Nice. And do you record that at the studio? Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. So mostly Monday or Tuesday kind of depends on people's schedule. Um, so yeah, every Monday or Tuesday we, we sit down and record. That's awesome. So let's get in, let's get into these uh, NBA playoffs since uh, that's why we're here. There are two game sevens tonight. Who do you guys got? I think that the I think both home teams are going to win. Actually, actually, you know, I think give me Portland because I think that the experience mm-hmm. of Damian Lillard's going to put them over the top. I'll take the Raptors. I just I don't trust Ben Simmons. I don't trust Joel yeah. Embiid. Both of them to play well in a deciding game on the road. I mean, if the Sixers are going to win tonight, they're going to need both of those guys to play exceptionally well. I mean, aside from the game six where Simmons just played incredible, by far the best game he's had so far this playoffs, Simmons has just been way more missed than hit. I'll take the Portland Trailblazers, and I'll take the the Sixers. Or, excuse me, the Raptors today. Yeah, just about to say almost the exact (laughs) same thing there. Because, yeah, I think this Toronto, they they seem to be the more disciplined team. They're the better coach team. They're the home team in Toronto. That place is rocking there. That's what yeah. I think that is one of my that I would love to see a game in Toronto sometime. But yeah, this this next game though, that's that's a tough one for me cuz I do I do love the Nuggets. I love Jokic, but just something like I think my head keeps on telling me that the Nuggets are going to win, but my heart I just Damian Lillard at the end of the game, there's only a few basketball players I'd rather have than him at the end of a game in a deciding game 7. And so I'm kind of like starting to lean towards Portland even though maybe you would ask me an hour ago. I was I was yeah. all about Denver. Yeah, I'm I'm I think I'm leaning Denver, and it's Jokic has been incredible, and Jamal yeah. Murray has really stepped up. But it's also they have they have a ton of depth. So if mm-hmm. somebody has an off night, there's a chance that one of the other guys, like Malik Beasley, scores yeah 18 points just out of nowhere. But that that team to me, uh, Portland, if either CJ or Dame has an off night, they're going to lose mm-hmm. the game. Yeah, for at least that's the way I see it. Maybe maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe CJ has a bad night and Dame just takes over the entire game. But I just feel like there's more. There's a ch- higher chance that Portland has an off night than the Nuggets have an off night. I guess. Really, in the end, I don't think I think both teams are going to lose to Golden State handily, in my opinion. I uh, see. I I don't know. I think Jokic will have like a lot more effect if they if they if they advance. I think Golden State's going to have a problem with Jokic. I just won't be able to figure it out exactly. I guess the way I look at it is I think Milwaukee and I um, and I think um, that Toronto really have the best chances against Golden State. I just don't know. I mean, Denver played Golden State really well in the regular season, but this isn't the regular season. This is the postseason. Right. Golden State has been there year after year. Yeah. They have the experience, and Denver's still a young team. I love Denver. They're a lot of fun to watch. I just don't know if they're ready to, to play a seven-game series against Golden State. I think they can beat Golden State. I don't think they can beat them four times, though. I think that the NBA is kind of weird that it normally goes in, like, stages. 
where if you're a team like Denver, I don't know if you go from missing the playoffs last year to then the Western Conference Finals mm-hmm. the next year. Yeah. They're like, you lose to Portland this year, a team that has a little bit more playoff experience, has a little bit more veteran leadership, and then next year's the year that you break through and get to the Conference Finals. I just don't know if you do it this year. To your point about Golden State, I, I agree with you. I don't think either one of those teams really have a chance. To me, with Golden State, it's just, are you locked in? I think we yeah. see like... Golden State, they kind of remind me, remember the Lakers in the early 2000s? Like, they always talked about that light switch and they were able to flick it on. That's yeah. the same thing that happens to the Warriors right now. Whenever yeah. the Warriors are, like, 100% focused, there's no team in the NBA that's going to beat them. But they're going to have that one, probably two games a series where, for whatever reason, they just come out and play very lax. It's been kind of interesting to watch the uh, that last game uh, for the Warriors uh, where Steph has no points going into, going into half and then <laughs> comes out and, like, they end up winning the game. It's just like... How do you even let that happen? It just doesn't matter. They're so talented and they're so deep and there's so many people who can step up and play where that's, I mean, honestly, I I really do think that in my lifetime, the Golden State Warriors are the best team I've ever seen. The way they move the ball, the way they play defense, how how disciplined they are. I mean, it really is. It's kind of funny because I think there's a lot of fatigue with Golden State. I think a lot of people don't want to see them advance. It's almost like kind of similar to how the Patriots are where people are just like, oh, we've just seen this over and over again. But the difference is, I always feel like the like when you think like the Patriots, oh, they're so smart, they're so well coached. They've never been the most talented team. Right. Golden State is so damn talented too, on top of being smart, and it's really a joy to watch them play, even though it gets a little bit old. I mean, how many times, how many Golden State basketball games have you seen? And you're not a fan of Golden State. Yeah. You get tired of seeing them. Yeah. I think it changed really when they got Durant. Like before that, mm-hmm. I think it was like a much more enjoyable, organic experience. Mm-hmm. But the moment they got Durant, mm-hmm. it just stacked the deck. And I think like they became the Yankees. Yeah. And yeah. I think like we appreciate dynasties. Like obviously, people mm-hmm. like the Lakers in the early 2000s. People like the Bulls. People like the Lakers and. Celtics in the 80s like it's not like the NBA fans don't like dynasty yeah I just don't like the way that Golden State built their dynasty which I think just changes the whole conversation yeah it like it kind of bummed me out because Boogie is one of my favorite players Mm -hmm. and he went to Golden State and I was like god I always stack in the deck. And then I feel bad. I I forgot that he was on their team for just a second there until he brought that up. They they had him. Yeah, and I feel terrible that he he might actually come back. A lot of people are saying he's going to come back in the the Western Conference Finals. I mean, he might be back. (sighs) That would be crazy. Unfair. That's Uh, what it would be. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's like like they're more like the Harlem Globetrotters sometimes than the New England Patriots. When you watch them play, they're just. It's just they're on a different level, and and I think that that's fun to watch. I like seeing basketball play at that level, but I do understand the fatigue, though. But I was just watching them the other night and just being like, man, this is fun. Yeah. The way they're moving around the ball, the way Clay Thompson was shooting, then when Steph started heating up, like that's so fun to watch. Yeah. It's not like it's not like they're completely unstoppable. Like they definitely have no. their their um, uh, chinks in the armor, and they. I think they are with KD. I don't. Yeah. I I think they're vulnerable yeah. without Kevin Durant. I think with KD, I just. I don't know how you beat three of the best, what, 15 offensive yeah. players we've seen in the last 20 years. Like, I just don't know how you can beat them. Like, yeah. it's kind of like a firepower for fi- – like, they just – they can hit more shots than you can hit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I always talk about sometimes on our podcast that, like, I hate the analysis of, well, if this team is hitting shots, they're going to win. Yeah, that's kind of how, how the game, sport works. Yeah, that's how the game works. They're like, yes, <laughs> if Golden State is hitting jump shots, there's no better team in the history of the NBA of uh, if they're yeah. on today than them. And – once they added KD, it just made him impossible. Like before, you could take Clay out of the game or take Draymond out of the game and really like bolster your chances. Now, yeah. I don't know how you take Durant, Curry, and Clay Thompson out of the game. Doesn't factor what Draymond yeah. can give you. Doesn't factor when they had DeMarcus Cousins. They just got a gluttony of weapons. Yeah. Uh, so, quick question before we move on from the Warriors Where's Durant going? 
Is he staying? I talked about this last night. I, I filled in on CBS uh, Sports Radio. I think mm-hmm. he only really has two choices. The best basketball choice, we agree, is Golden State. Absolutely. Like, right. You cannot no play on a better basketball team than the one mm-hmm. he plays on. Yeah. If he wants to enhance his legacy, because I think, like, mm-hmm. if you're an NBA fan, mm-hmm. we don't give his rings credit. Like, no. he has, like, he will have three rings. LeBron will have three rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. LeBron's rings are greater than Kevin Durant's rings. Yeah. Like, I, you know Agreed. what I mean? There's no, there's no, like, Dwayne Wade's three rings are bigger than Kevin Durant's three rings. And this last game proved it, is that the fact is that when, when Durant leaves the game, they still win. Yeah. When LeBron leaves, when he's off the, his team, if he's off of Cleveland or Miami or whatever, they they're turn not into winning the anything. Knicks. Yeah, they yeah. they're, they're, the they're not a, just a, not a championship team. They're not a playoff team. <laughs> yeah. I think the Knicks make the most sense if you're Durant. Yeah. Like the Knicks make the most sense if your number one goal is legacy. If you can win mm-hmm. and get to the playoffs and get to the NBA Finals with the New York Knicks, if you're Durant, I think you'll finally get the respect that you deserve for being potentially a top 15 player all time. You'll never get that if you stay on Golden State. No matter how many, like, they could win the next yeah. five rings at Golden State. Like, he will never get the full credit because he joined a team that went 73-9. and nine. I just can't, I don't know, just something about it is I can't see Durant in that Knicks uniform. And people have been talking about it all can year. Can you see him in a Nets uniform? Maybe I can't see anybody I, I, ever going. I, to the I can't either. It's just like I just from from the decision that took him to Oklahoma City to Golden State, he just doesn't seem like a type of guy that want would want to be in New York. Right. I feel like he's just such like a chill dude that he wants to maybe be out of the spotlight, maybe not in L.A. or New York. That he liked being in Oklahoma City a little bit for a while, and he likes being in the Bay Area. I just I just don't I see him staying there. I see the Golden State making a big push to keep him there. I mean, he's their best player. I think we can all agree that, that Kevin Durant is the best player on that team. Yep. And they, I think they, he's the best player in the world. But. I mean, and they're going to lose. They'll lose Clay Thompson, who I love. I love Clay Thompson. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's not Kevin Durant, though. That's right. And I think they're going to make a big push to keep him in. I don't know. I could be totally wrong about this. But just like my, my instincts are telling me that he's he's got to stay. Yeah. I think that I think it's been a coordinated effort from the Warriors to try to build up Kevin Durant. Think about after the yeah. game, every single player on the team was like, "Man, we need our best player back. We need KD back." Like, mm, okay, I think you guys are fine. Yeah, <laughs> that I think it's been an effort from their whole organization of, you know, we'll always be fine if we have Steph and Kevin Durant on the team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that, I, I even think I do even think that the perception around KD will change if it's just Steph and him, because then it's like now it's just they got everybody now with this team. If it's just them two, it'll kind of be like the dynamic he had back in Oklahoma City. Where it'll be like Curry will be Westbrook, and he'll be obviously Kevin Durant. That that'll mm-hmm. change it a lot. They just can't keep playing with these four. I mean, their yeah. starting five could start for the Western Conference All Stars. Yeah, I mean, it used to. I mean, back when they had uh, Durant, obviously when he was healthy, and they had Demarcus Cousins. I mean, their starting five could have started for the Western Conference. Yeah, just unfair. Yeah, it's it's kind of silly. I mean, it's a dynasty. So I have a question here. What is your biggest takeaway from the playoffs so far? And I have three. My first one is that Giannis is the MVP for sure. Kawhi is who we thought he was. Mm -hmm. And Jokic is the best center in the NBA. Ooh, I like the first two. I mean, Jokic is is something. But I don't know. Gosh, when you see when when Embiid is on, man, I know he had that terrible game, but then he comes back. Uh, that's a tough question. I'm not. No, no. Yeah. I don't know if I'm quite there with Jokic. I'm close though. But yeah, Kawhi. I mean, as I mean, Kawhi's been the best player in the postseason. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. I know what was your first one again. Uh, yeah. It was Giannis is the yeah. MVP, and sure. I 100% agree with that. I can't believe that Milwaukee is as good as they were. If you would have told me at the beginning of the season that they were going to be a championship caliber team, I would have never believed you. I mean, it's not just Giannis though; it's the the, the supporting cast. Yeah. He really, 
he has that ability. I think he makes everybody around him better the same way, like the real, like, you know, you talk about LeBron James, you talk about Michael Jordan and those mm-hmm. types of players. He makes everybody on his team better. And I'm not sure if James Harden is that guy as amazing as he is. And that's why, to me, I would say Giannis is the best player right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just wrote it down. My three things would be Kyrie Irving cannot be the best player on your team. The, yep, Sixers, the, the Sixers to trade Ben Simmons. Damian Lillard is the most underappreciated player in the NBA. That's those are good ones. Um, yeah. I would say for sure. Let's 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 go to this Kyrie situation here. Mm. He cannot be the best player on the team. No, it was pretty obvious that that team had like huge chemistry issues. And it's and, and the problem is him. Yeah. Oh, totally. When he's when you shoot seven for twenty two, and then in the post game interview you say you should have shot thirty times. It's like, what the hell are you talking about, man? You weren't making your shots at all. He wants to go nine for thirty. I mean, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, he wants to go nine yeah. for thirty in the game. Yeah, I mean, my issue with Kyrie is I'm just a firm believer that like your team takes on the personality of your best player. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and like if your best player is like an up and down, hot and cold kind of personality, your team's gonna be up and down, hot and cold. Like last year, I think it was obvious that the Celtics they kind of molded themselves around it. We don't have a star, but we've got four or five really good players and we're really deep, so it's going to be like an all-for-one, one-for-all mentality. Yeah. Man, Kyrie got, and he just, he sucks the energy. He just... Would you have ever thought that Boston would be worse this year than they were last year? With They had Gordon Hayward they had, and they had Kyrie Irving, but they were they were a better basketball team last year, I think. Yeah. No, I, I they, agree with you. And that's just, who would have who would have ever believed that? Yeah, I mean, and you got to factor in. I mean, the fact of, I think that everybody was kind of gearing up once LeBron mm-hmm. went west and then the Easter Conference was open for the first time in eight mm-hmm. years. The teams were gearing up. Toronto obviously yep. geared up for it. Philadelphia's been gearing up for it. Like, everybody has been kind of gearing up for LeBron's gone. We can finally go to the NBA Finals. And you would think that Boston, when you added with the talent you had last year with Tatum and Rozier and all those guys, and then when you added uh, Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, you would have think that would have been enough. But, no, I agree with you. They were worse this year. They were better last year. Yeah, absolutely. All the national pundits. You know, I love one of my favorite Instagram accounts is Freezing Cold Takes. And it's funny going back and seeing all the you know people talking about Boston, Boston, Boston. But I get it. I've been I mean, on there before. It's not very fun. <laughs> no, no, I did. I did see that. And no, I'm, I'm glad they're there. They can hold people kind of accountable, like you know, like a Skip Bayless or whatever, who yeah. just is just speaks in pure nonsense. And Paul Pierce. <laughs> oh yeah, Paul Pierce is. I mean, he's just he's he's a Boston homer. I yeah. can't. Paul Pierce him. might be having the worst postseason. <laughs> oh really? He just, he went yeah, all in so with Boston. Might be him, and then yeah. and then Russell Westbrook. They might be having the two worst postseasons <laughs> we've seen so far. That's I don't even mind. Yeah. Like I've been on yeah. freezing cold takes before it's just Mm. cool it's just because i I said back like i thought jj watt was gonna be a bust so i posted this the day of the draft like i just Mm. he just screamed like great white hype to me like he he played linebacker he was a try hard he just felt like that wasn't gonna work out they tweeted Mm. that like six times i'm like bro all right all right man damn leave me alone like you're not completely wrong though because he hasn't played like a full season like ever, I don't think. No, but. I mean, I mean, JJ Watt's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to be but, in the Hall of Fame. But oh, yeah, yeah, no, but he's he just constantly injured. He no, came no. out. He he came out. It just mm-hmm. it just screamed great white American hype player that I just was like, yeah, this isn't going to yeah, work. No, and was, if I had your I platform, <laughs> I would have been on there for. I loved Geno Smith. I would have told anybody that Geno Smith was the guy, and I, I would have been on there too. I just don't have that platform. <laughs> I mean, and when it comes, that's what's so fun about sports is that nobody has all the answers. Right. Nobody can see the future. I mean, and that brings me back to um, to all those takes on Boston because yes, that made sense. That wasn't a bad take. I mean, Boston should have been so much better. I was. I've been all season. I was a Philadelphia guy. Yeah, and I don't think they got it. 
And yeah, it was Boston and Philadelphia. And then to see Toronto and to see Milwaukee come out on top is, I mean, it's really cool. And that's what's so fun about this season of the NBA, especially in the East, is because it doesn't just feel inevitable. Yeah. That, oh, it's just going to be LeBron. Oh, it's just going to be. There was, I mean, there was, this playoffs have been fantastic. I don't think any of them are going to really beat Golden State. The Eastern State, Conference has but been, been fantastic. I don't think yeah. the Western no. Conference the has East, been fantastic. And the, the, the East Le- has been fun. We can agree that LeBron leaving was really good for the Eastern Conference. 100%. It made it very exciting. I mean, it does, it feels a little bit like JV to to the West. It always has. I but think it's, it's just because of the Warriors in this. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm with, I mean, I mean everybody yeah. else, I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. if you didn't have the Warriors, this yeah. year would be really, oh, really yeah. fun in the NBA. It's just we all know what's going to happen at the end. I mean, yeah. parity is essential for any professional league. It's got to feel that way, like anything can happen. And the NBA hasn't felt like that for a long time. So I've been loving these playoffs. I've been having a lot of fun watching Toronto play with Kawhi. been having fun, you know, John is going to uh, this superstardom level. But in the end, I still just, yeah, it still just looks like it's going to fall short to the Warriors. I could be totally wrong, though. But yeah. this is but this is the most exciting, I think, postseason basketball I've seen in years. That's why I'm really excited to see what KD decides at the end. Because yeah. if Durant, like, like, let's say Durant and Kyrie go to the Knicks. It's going to be the first yeah. time. Or it's like Kemba and Durant or whoever. Like, that's, mm-hmm. still, a t- that's still a good team. Like, that's- yeah, no, absolutely. They're like, you can make a case. So, like, let's say that kind of mm-hmm. what we think could happen. Like, let's say that KD, let's say KD goes out east, he plays for the Knicks. Let's say that he teams up with Kyrie and they get the Knicks. And or, they get, uh, the, Zion. Zion. And they they get, get Zion. the number one pick, too. Yeah, and they get Zion. Like, which is Tuesday. The lottery's Tuesday, which Tuesday. I didn't even oh, realize. Geez. I know, it's yeah. going to be crazy. Yeah. So I mean, that's, oh, that's big. I mean, that is big. I mean, who, who do you, because uh, I mean, I, that would be so fun to see the Knicks get that number one pick. It feels like that that's what's got to happen. And then the superstars come there mm-hmm. and then New York's back on the map. I mean, that's what the NBA wants. Yeah. But honestly, though, think about think about Atlanta with Zion and Trey. That would be interesting. I'd That'd rather be interesting. I, if not, that's, uh, that's actually yeah. the two places I want them to go. I either want yeah. to go to the Knicks or go to the Hawks and play with Trey Young. I like yeah. the. I love yeah. the Hawks. Like I really like the Hawks. That's the thing yeah. is I've I'm always about teams that are really bad. <laughs> like I'm like the East yeah. really isn't that bad. They're just all young. Like everybody <laughs> is really really young. Watching a whole lot of Orlando Magic games. I watched <laughs> I've watched the most Orlando Magic games this year. Orlando Magic and the Kings were the most games I watched. The sure. idea of potential is so exciting though. Yeah. And to be like I was on them day 1. Like I love the like a couple of years ago when it was like Wiggins and Towns on the T Wolves. It's like the yeah. hype that that had, and that did not work out at all. But that that's like almost as fun as watching a team that's already there. Is especially yeah. in a city where we don't have a team. Yeah, I mean that's you can kind of move around and kind of watch and get invested in the in the Seventy Sixers a few years ago, or yeah, and and then see that kind of almost come to fruition. Yeah. But no, it'd be really fun to see. Yeah, to see Atlanta with the, with the building blocks of like a Trey Young and like a Zion Williamson. They see got that a, they build. Got a good little squad going forward, I think yeah. already, and they're just gonna they have two yeah. first what round. What kind picks? of good little squad do the, the Hawks have? <laughs> Trey like Young, a good team, Kevin good Herter, the sixth Torian, team in the East. Yeah, Torian Prince. Yeah, John Collins. They just need a center. But you just described the seven seed out east. That's I, what did, you just I did. I did. I did. But I mean, they're all like 20, 20, 21 years old. So Zion's not going nowhere. Zion is a type of player, though. He could be a franchise changing player. No, I, and, I agree. and those don't come every year. The number one pick isn't always that guy. Yeah. This year, though, that's why this lottery is so exciting, is the number one pick has never had so much weight in. And what wins? When's the last time that number one pick had this much weight? Anthony Davis. Anthony yeah, Davis. Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis. Yeah, Anthony so yeah, that's so that is really, really exciting. Where this could be, really shake up the league. That didn't really work out that great for the New Orleans Pelicans. It did not. But that's their own damn fault. I just look at Zion yeah. like I. 
the floor to me is yeah. Blake Griffin. Like, I'd be yeah. shocked yeah. if he wasn't at least Blake Griffin. Like, yeah. obviously, he could get hurt. We have no clue what's going to happen. And, and just... Blake couldn't shoot for the first half of his career either. So, like, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, they always say, I mean, unless you're Ben Simmons, that, you know, with the uh, fixing a shot's about the easiest thing. You can't fix athleticism. You can't you can't make somebody really jump higher or move quicker laterally, but you can you can teach them to shoot. I can't. I still cannot believe that Ben will just not shoot a shot. It's like just fucking shoot it. Just there's something just wrong. Just let with people him. know that you can shoot it once. He's also frustrating yeah. that he doesn't go to the basket and try yeah. to get to the free throw line too. Yeah. Like you yeah. got to do one of the two. Like if you're not gonna consistently knock down yeah. jump shots, cool. But then attack the rim and get to the free throw line and create opportunities. Yeah. Like. He's just yeah. so passive offensively that I don't know yeah. how you build a team if that's your second best player. And that's why I've been on trade Ben Simmons. Yeah. So what, yeah. what would you? Who would you trade him for? Oh, that's a really really good pick. I'd probably wait to see how the lottery shakes out. Like you mm-hmm. got a couple of days. I mean, I think they're going to lose tomorrow. Like let's see where the lottery shakes out. And if I'm a team, and let's mm-hmm. say that I, you know, I miss out on John Morant, I miss out on Zion Williamson, I might call Philadelphia and say, hey, we've got the fourth overall pick. You know, let's mm-hmm. build something around Ben Simmons. It had to be the, it would have to be the right player. I mean, because Ben yeah. Simmons still, even though he doesn't look like, I mean, I thought Ben Simmons was going to get that jump shot and was just going to be the guy. Yeah. And I don't know if if a number four pick in the draft, whoever that is, is going to be. I mean, still his potential. And he's still so young too. Yeah. It makes me wonder I mean, what the hell he was doing all offseason. Like, if yeah. you're not just hanging shooting out with shots, Kendall. It, yes, but hey, that's not bad. If you're just not <laughs> on Instagram, just like not shooting, like all you have to do is go into the gym and shoot like a hundred times a day, and that's and you're gonna get better at it. There was Maybe. that video going around where he's in pregame warmups, just knocking down threes, and it's like, why are you not shooting it? Just you, all you have to do is shoot it once during a game, and people will be like, oh shit. And if you make it, mm-hmm. people will like have to but start yeah. respecting you. Even if you're just taking the making shots. Making threes in the gym is way different than, than making them totally, in an NBA totally. game. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I mean, that's just – I don't know. There's some weird stuff going on in Philadelphia, I kind of feel like, with the with the Ben Simmons, with what happened with Markel Fultz last year. Yeah. I mean, they looked like they were going to be the be the team, in my opinion. And then it's, it's really exciting to see it. Then Milwaukee kind of come out of nowhere. Then Toronto make a really smart move with Kawhi, who did work on his jump shot and did learn to shoot. And then, then see those teams. Um, those teams look great, and be they're really fun to watch. Yeah. And I'm really no, I'm looking forward to, to the NBA next season, especially if yeah, if the Golden State loses some pieces, all of a sudden you've got a really wide open kind of exciting league happening. And more than half the league is a free agent at the end of the year. So. Where do you guys think uh, Kawhi's going? Uh, if Toronto, if Toronto goes, gets to the finals, he's staying in Toronto. But the only thing is that means Toronto has to move off of money. They have to move. Most likely Serge Ibaka, because right now they need to move off Kyle Lowry. Yes. Okay. So my other question, my other question was, <laughs> who who's needed. more overrated, Kyle Lowry or Chris Paul? I mean, Kyle Lowry. Because Kyle, I mean, Kyle Chris. Lowry. I mean, Chris I Paul's just Kyle old. Lowry. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's not. Over, I mean, Chris <laughs> Paul's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Lowry, he's a guy who just year after year cannot put up in 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 the postseason when it matters. Yeah. And I was a big Raptors fan yeah. when DeRozan was there because yeah. DeRozan was my guy, and then I would just scream at the TV every time Kyle Lowry went. One for ten I mean, and two points in a game. It's like, what do you? Do? How they were smart to move on from DeRozan. I mean, I like DeRozan more yeah. than Lowry, but I mean, but yeah, those Kawhi two. It, that's so you're going to be a perennial fourth seed with those guys. Yeah. You bring in a guy like Kawhi. Look what he's doing. I mean, he's a legitimate superstar. He's a top five player, and they got him for a damn good deal. Yeah. And now, if, I mean, just if they could get somebody a little more consistent than Lowry, but just the thing is, is I just don't. I think Leonard. He's his heart set on on Southern California, and I have to say. 
the the Clippers getting to the playoffs in the West with no superstar player, any star player, really. Trez Harrell, man. I love him. He's great. But, I mean, I think that was a great message that, you know what, maybe we are. We're one piece away. We're two pieces away. We could be the team in L.A. We could be a, we could be a great team with a Kawhi Leonard. And they have you Jerry, bring in Jerry somebody West else. is running yeah. the team, I believe, and uh, uh, Frank. I can't remember his first I name. I mean, that. they're going to make a very compelling offer to – to, they're gonna get somebody. I agree. They're I gonna they're gonna get one. somebody, and I think it'll probably end up being Kawhi. Kawhi I would fit in great with that team too. He would. I think. Yeah. I think. So. Can you imagine having Kawhi and Patrick Beverly <laughs> defensively? <Tough>. But <laughs> and Doc Rivers is your coach. Yeah. I, think, I mean, the I best think, defensive mind in, in basketball. One of them up there for sure. If they can move off of Kyle Lowry, which would be great, I think that team is a better fit. And I thought it was going to yeah. happen. I thought they were going to trade. I thought they were going to get Mike Conley because they were there was talks when it happened that Marcus Saul and Mike Connolly were both going to Toronto. I remember that. I yeah. remember that. And I was like, that would be great. That would give him a much better point guard. Kyle Lowry's great in yeah. April. Yeah. It's just the May and June part that's the huge yeah. problem. Yeah. He's a great November player. I yeah. love him in November. I mean, you get January Kyle Lowry, fantastic. Yeah. So I want to I want to talk about this because this is this was kind of surprising to me the way this is all shaking out. I want to talk about the Lakers disaster. Uh, <laughs> like I don't. <laughs> you don't want to talk about it? I'm messing with you. I just think Palinka needs to get fired like four days ago, oh, five days of, ago. They need to sell the team to somebody else, and let's just start from the ground up. Jeannie has Jesus. no – Jeannie just gets advice from her homegirls. Yeah. That's what happens. They didn't hire Tyron mm. Lue because of her country mm. club friend that was like, I don't know if he's a good fit. She's like, I think you're right. Nah, I'm telling you. I don't like what they're doing to LeBron's end of his career. But they, this is supposed to be his golden year. They How about this? Frank Vogel and Jason Kidd is got, on the staff. They got co-coaches. They, I mean, they're, the fuck? I'd say they're, they're the Oakland Raiders of basketball right now. <laughs> they really are. And, and and here's my my thought. I just saw the Jason Kidd thing. Oakland is there, are is there, better pieces than the Lakers right now. They are. Yeah. <laughs> Oakland I mean, getting better pieces. It's like yeah. It's like it's it's, it's, it's all flash. <laughs> it's no substance there. It, it, they they don't know what the hell they're doing. They're just bringing in people. And I just here's here's what I think. Is there any chance that Jason Kidd is not the head coach by the end of next season? Is there any chance? I, I mean, mean, we, I mean, we, maybe. All right. I mean, we, we yeah. all see what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, we're, yeah, Frank Vogel and LeBron are going to clash. We're, we're going to get that Shams report. Because I think it was clear yeah. somebody it, in the Lakers was feeding Shams last year. Because yeah. you guys remember, yeah. Shams, it felt like Shams was getting information directly from the Lakers. Woes were getting it directly from the Pelicans. Like, if you go back yeah. to watch how the reports were coming, mm-hmm. it was clear what side it was coming from. Yeah. Shams going to have a tweet. In November, <laughs> about a disagreement between LeBron and Frank Vogel, and around the All Star break, Jason Kidd's gonna fly in to swoop in and save the Lakers. I mean, we we clearly see what's gonna happen. But he's not gonna oh, save yeah. shit because he can't coach. <laughs> so like he was well, terrible for the Bucks. Well, that just doesn't it doesn't matter. It's it's, it's gonna be LeBron's team, and yeah. he's and he's the de facto coach in the end. And every time they bring in a guy who really isn't that way, it doesn't work out. When you bring in an X's and O's basketball coach, they're gone. Yeah, they it's the guys. It's the more of the player friendly coach that that seems like LeBron. He he wants LeBron wants to to have his team, and yeah. and we'll we'll see. I don't I just don't think it looks very good. But you do have to go back though and say when when Kuzma was healthy, when Ball was healthy, when Ingram was healthy, and when LeBron was healthy, and they Ingram were all actually played pretty well this year. They were actually pretty good. It was just it was more injuries than anything. If they would have all stayed healthy. 
they might have you know snuck into the playoffs. They were they were very good when the four core players were there. I think they They're, would have been the sixth seed if LeBron hadn't yeah. gotten hurt around Christmas. I, I think they would have been around the sixth seed if, if that hadn't happened. And then, then Ingram going down for an extended period of time that that hurt them too. I mean, yeah, they they I mean they just weren't healthy really, and I mean that might just be their problem forever. They might just not have guys who can stay on the court. But really, when they were all together, they were playing pretty good basketball. They They're not as big of a disaster, I think, as people might think. I think the end of the season made it a little bit misleading the way they fell off there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but I mean, yeah, they're they're clearly not they're not going to be a championship contender. There's just no way. Then LeBron didn't go to L.A. to be to win championships. He's already won championships. He went to L.A. to become a billionaire. He went he went there. He's always he's always a couple steps ahead, whether it's yeah. in basketball or in his professional life. And it just doesn't matter what he does. He that dude is set. I mean, he's already putting out shows. He's working on movies. I mean, I, I'm a huge LeBron James fan. I, I love LeBron James. I mean, I think he's the most impressive, maybe the most impressive athlete I've ever got to watch in my entire life. Maybe like you're talking Tiger Woods in his prime. I mean, I it is a joy to watch that guy play basketball. And he was actually pretty good this year. Yeah, he's still good. But yeah, I don't. I don't know what they could possibly do. There's just there's just no way they're going to win a championship anytime soon. I, I don't. There's just no way he's winning in the So, so my before. thought was that even if this season was obviously terrible, but they still have a bunch of cap space, right? So everybody, there was talk of like, oh, if you don't get like Clay Thompson and like Kyrie Irving to pair with LeBron, it's a dead it's a dead season. I'm like, yeah. or it's like a failure by the GM. I'm like, what if it's LeBron James, Jimmy Butler, and fucking Kimball Walker or something like that. I'm like, that sounds like a playoff team to me. It sounds like a really good, tough team. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think there's there's so many free agents this year. They have a chance of still salvaging this. But I think they should have hired Jawan Howard. But the Lakers got to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Lakers got to be competitive next year. Like, I'm with you. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they will be. Yeah, like, maybe they don't get Klay Thompson. Maybe they don't get Kawhi Leonard. But, I mean, if the plan is go get Jimmy Butler, go get Kimball Walker, so you've got a solid core of three, and then who knows what young pieces they're going to keep on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that gives you a chance to be the four seed out west. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think we all knew that, that, that the first year for mm-hmm. LeBron was going to be lean, and then the second year yep. they needed to they, they needed to compete for a championship. That I mean, that still has to be the goal this year if you're LeBron. Like, LeBron still has... He still has too much good basketball for you to be missing the playoffs. No one's saying yeah. you got to win a championship with this team. There's no reason why a LeBron James team, given how I mean, he's still a top ten mm-hmm. player. There's no reason yeah. for, you to, for you to miss the playoffs. No, especially when the Los Angeles Clippers made the playoffs and they got nobody on that team. No, I mean they're just <laughs> yeah, they're just they're a good team that plays good basketball. They got a great coach. They got good players around them. And yeah, and if I want to play in LA, I want to go to the Clippers if I'm a superstar player. I you can you can do your own thing there. You don't have to be in the LeBron James shadow, and I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see both those teams this offseason because I think they're both going to be you know maybe vying for a lot of the same players. Yeah. And I think in, in, in playing in LA is going to have that. It, it has that big appeal. But yeah, I mean the the Lakers. I mean this is they're kind of following the plan. I think everybody didn't. I mean there was people who were hyping them up to be like, oh, they're going to be a championship contender. But I think people who actually watch and follow basketball knew that this year wasn't going. This was going to be a down year. They got these young players, and they're going to have all this cap room. All these superstars were going to be free agents, and then they were going to go after them. And if it weren't for all the front office turmoil on that team, I don't think anybody would be worrying about them. It's you know, it's the things like oh, Magic Johnson's gone. It's the the, the Palenko crap. It's a genie bus. This is always it's not the players. It's, it's yeah. all always something with them though like i feel like the front office yeah i mean i feel like for the last four months it's always been some mess aside from basketball with the lakers that like what was that trade they traded mike muscala they traded zubach 
for Mike Muscala. This didn't make any sense. Why? No it reason to. He's 21. Muscala is like 27, 28. They were clearly it's just, just like, what is happening? Yeah. There's just, there's, yeah, I, I just don't, it just, it seems like it's all the front office. They don't know what they're doing up there. I think they've got a pretty good core of players. They just don't have any, they don't know what they're doing and they need to bring in basketball people. Yeah. Not like, I mean, who are these people running this team and making these decisions? I mean, I think that's just the thing with a championship team. It's from the top down that these teams are good. It's, you know, you've got good bench players. You've got a good coach. You've got a good GM. I think you need all those things. And the Lakers clearly do not have that at the top right now. It's brutal for them. I, I just did not see any of this. I thought, oh, yeah. LeBron's going to go to the Lakers. They're going to figure it out. And here we are six months later, and it's not. No, that team's not, not about basketball. Close. That's just that's what that's all I think is that's just, they're just not really about winning basketball games. Yeah. Let's shift gears. Let's go. Uh, let's talk about this NFL draft that just happened not too long ago. Anything out of this draft that was surprising to you? Two biggest surprises, I would say, Oakland drafting Cleveland Farrell fourth overall. Yeah. I don't know anybody that had him going in the top ten. I remember a lot of mocks before the Chiefs traded for Frank Clark that had him being a rumor for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Now, at the bottom mm-hmm. half of the first round, didn't really make a lot mm-hmm. of sense. I think it's obvious that the Giants got played. I mean, they could have got they could have got Daniel Jones at literally any other pick in the first round other than six. Like, they could have yeah. continued to trade back and trade back. Like, I don't know why the plan wasn't. Grab Josh Allen at six. Get Ed Oliver at six. Get your pass rusher at six. You had 17. If you felt like you were ever in danger of losing Daniel Jones, then go up and get him at seven. Or go from 17 to go up and get him. Denver wasn't going to take Daniel Jones. Washington clearly. Washington wanted Dwayne Haskins the entire time. Everybody mm-hmm. knew who Washington wanted at, yeah. uh, for their quarterback. So, I, mean, I think the Giants clearly got played. Those would be the two biggest surprises, I would say, from the draft. What I think about, and to go on that, that Giants thing, because that was probably the biggest storyline. It's funny, there was a report today that one team asked Daniel Jones to try it as a tight end. Yeah, yeah I saw you it. See, which is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I like Daniel Jones. Probably he's Oakland, he's, yeah. your team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, he's, um, no, but the thing that, that was interesting to me is I think about, uh, the Cleveland Browns, uh, you know, 10 years ago or whenever, when they, you know, they, they picked uh, Trent Richardson, then they picked Brandon Whedon. Or they yep. pick uh, the cornerback, uh, Justin Gilbert, then they pick Johnny Manziel. Yeah. When you got your guy, when you're like, this is our guy and he's a quarterback and this is our franchise quarterback, you don't take chances. You get them where you have to get them. Mm-hmm. But just the problem is, is that it was Daniel Jones. Yeah. Here, this guy, he just, he seems like his, his ceiling is so low for me where it's yeah. like I mean he's playing in Duke in a pretty weak conference and and I've watched him play I mean he's not a guy who really wows you no he's not a guy who really he does things I mean maybe maybe he'll be great and if he's and if you know and if he ends up being a good quarterback even just an okay quarterback I mean I think that's for number six pick in the draft if you get a guy who can you know get you to the playoffs as a quarterback it'll be worth it in the yeah. end but I mean yeah if he busts I mean that's I mean that's Gettleman's that's gonna be on his record forever I mean it's a bold move and and I, and I I understand it but yeah it seems like he didn't really play the draft right and that's kind of an interesting thing because that uh, can bring us a little bit back into the Chiefs there because that's the thing with uh, a lot of people have with uh, Brett Veach is that he gets a little too aggressive and and I like that I like that attitude of being like okay we're gonna go up and we're gonna get our guy like Breland speaks he's our guy and we're gonna get him and it's but then people are like well you know I don't think they, I don't think you needed to go do that no. But in the end, it's like, you know, if the guy ends up balling, it doesn't really matter. And then, and unfortunately, you look at a guy like Speaks, he didn't really do all that much he last did, he year. He did okay. He honestly, yeah, he had a better, better rookie a, season than Chris Jones, apparently. I think yeah. it's just a value yeah. argument. That's kind yeah. of my it's argument value. with yeah. Daniel Jones. Like, let's say that Daniel Jones, let's lose like an average comparison. Yeah. Let's say he turns out to be Andy Dalton. 
If yeah. you get like if you get Andy Dalton at thirty, it's not a bad pick. Yeah. yeah. Not a bad pick. It's a terrible pick at six. And I yes. think I think we can identify with how the board broke. Only two yeah. quarterbacks got selected after that. Like you could have yeah. got the best available pass rusher mm-hmm. and still got your quarterback. I mean, they could have mm-hmm. theoretically got Daniel Jones at half the price if they really wanted to get him. Like it, yeah. it just it just didn't make any sense to draft him where they selected him. But honestly, I want to look at that draft where Andy Dalton was picked in. You know, maybe number six for Andy Dalton isn't that bad. I mean, we talk about a starting quarterback when you don't have a quarterback. I mean, Eli Manning was terrible last year. But the thing that that hurts for Giants fans, it's got to hurt, is that they could have had Sam Darnold. They could have had Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. They could have had Josh Rosen. And they could have had Josh Rosen again this year. Mm -hmm. And all three of those guys, I think, are better than Daniel Jones. And And then you go back to the value. Yeah, that the value isn't there because you look at like you know why, why the Kansas City Chiefs they have these articles are being still written about them getting Patrick Mahomes is because they perfectly identified where they needed to get him, mm-hmm. and they were they were in the exact perfect spot. I think it's obvious that the Saints or the Texans would have taken Mahomes. Absolutely, if the didn't do it. yeah, now, or the Cardinals I, I, or the yeah, yeah. Like like Mahomes was going to be off the board right there if they hadn't selected him. I think it was kind of clear um, that that was going to happen. Uh, last year with or two years ago whenever Mahomes got drafted because the Chiefs had better intel they had better inside info on knowing what the league was doing and the problem with the Giants is it they just didn't and yeah. that's and that's a big uh that's a big you know a, a red mark against their whole scouting department there and that makes you lose faith and can they if they can't evaluate the draft and where players are going to go can they evaluate bringing in the right quarterback and that's what makes that uh, a big question question for me going forward. And it'll be fun to watch. That's a fun thing yeah. about the draft is, I mean, nobody really, really knows. It's going to take a couple of years, and we can go back and look at this, and we could be saying, hey, this guy's a genius. Yeah. I was surprised that the, that more teams weren't interested in picking up Josh Rosen. Like, if you're a team yeah, like the Patriots, I'm just surprised if you're a team like the New England – Brady's getting up there. You have Rosen. He can sit behind a Brady for a year. Keep him on that rookie contract. That's your flyer. A team like the a Los Angeles Chargers. Same thing with Phillip Rivers. Like the same concept. I was shocked that really it it it, it appeared like it was Miami or bust. Like I it yeah, didn't really yeah. feel like a market ever materialized outside well, the, of Miami. The Chargers. The Chargers did side Tyrod Taylor as their backup for Phillip Rivers. So they they don't have like a, a definite need. And then who did the Patriots end up taking uh, Stidham? Yeah, Jared yeah. Stidham in the fourth round. Yeah, but okay. just the value. I mean, I think that was one of the sneakiest, best moves in the draft was Miami getting a top 10 pick at quarterback from last year. For a second round pick. And a good quarterback from last year. And yeah. a guy, if he would have come out this year, I think he would have been the number two guy. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I really do. I like him more. I like him more than Haskins. I mean, I think it's pretty close. But yeah, I think that was an amazing move. And then the other thing that's great is they don't have to pay him anything. Yeah. Arizona already paid Josh Rosen. So you get this guy basically for free and for a second round pick and you can try him out. And if things don't work out, you, you've oh, got well. next year. You've got one yeah. a great quarterback class coming next year. I think Miami, that was a very, very smart move. And it looks like and it's like, man, this organization might be going in the right direction right now. Because when's the last time you're like, oh, wow, Miami made such a smart move <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. I and mean, Christian Wilkins... Also, they drafted. Yeah, yeah. They, they got they got two good players out of that. I actually give him credit for for the for the Jarvis Landry trade. I think that trade actually, yeah. like like looking back yeah. at it, trading Jarvis Landry was was the right move for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they yeah. I'm really impressed with the with the direction they're going. I don't know if it'll be if they'll ever be competitive or good enough. I mean, if Rosen turns out to be good, yes, they will be. Yeah. Uh, or they'll go if they can tank enough to get one of those top guys next year. They're going to look really smart. I was I was really surprised that no corners were taken until DeAndre Baker at thirty by the Giants. I mean, I really wasn't as much because I just felt like every single one of those guys there was something wrong with them. 
Like you look at the guy uh, like Byron Murphy out of Washington, you know, he did, athletically didn't test very well. You're like, okay, you're looking at a guy who is really only going to probably be very successful in more of like a zone defense. Or you look at Greedy Williams and you're like, man, this guy, he, he's allergic to tackling. <laughs> I mean, he's straight up. Like, like you yeah. watch him, it's just like, oh my God, he makes, he makes you know, Marcus Peters look like Ray Lewis. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, you're looking at all these guys and they all had pretty big issues. I mean, I think there was a lot of great value in the second and third round for them, but there just wasn't that top end guy who has, you know, those instincts and has the athletic measurables in there. So I wasn't super, super surprised. And same with the you know the running backs and receivers. It just wasn't really a strong class for that. It was all about defensive line. It was all about outside you know edge rushers, mm-hmm. and then that was an amazing year for that. And yeah, they're just it was a weird it was a weird draft. Honestly. It was a weird draft. It was a very weird draft. I mean, I would say that other than Daniel Jones and probably Cleveland Farrell, I can't think of too many other players where I think they got really yeah. overdrafted. And I, yeah. and I think I think Cleveland Farrell is a good player. Yeah, I just he's drafted way too high. Somebody, it's funny. I saw right before the draft. I can't. I want to remember who tweeted this somebody said watch out for oakland with cleveland farrell and i think you assume that maybe they're going to move up with them with one of their picks you yeah, just three never, first yeah. round picks i mean when you, when you, i mean watching out yeah. for him at 21 makes a lot of sense yeah watching out yeah. for him at four overall just yeah. makes another thing like yeah. we were having the conversation yeah. about josh or about uh, daniel jones yeah. and the value value you, you could have got yeah. cleveland farrell at 11 if you really wanted him you could have yeah, got man. him at 13 if you really wanted yeah. him. like you don't think there was a team who wanted to move up a few spots yeah i mean you get the Giants yeah. should have moved up to four to really, <laughs> yeah. really make sure they got Daniel Yeah, Jones. really double down on it. Really make sure you get Daniel Jones. Oh, well, could you imagine New York fans about that? Yeah. But it was a weird draft because, yeah, it was just really the top of the draft was a little – I mean, because I remember was it the Chiefs were saying they felt like there was really only like 15 or 16 first-round picks mm-hmm. this year. I mean, it was almost like – it was almost. It felt a little bit like the Eric Fisher draft, mm. where if you really needed like a difference maker, it just it wasn't. It wasn't that kind of draft. There was some really. It was. I mean, yeah, I think really like pick fifty to a hundred. There was some really really good players yeah. there, but just the top end talent just wasn't there this I, year. I like the top end when it came yeah. to defensive talent. I like yeah. Josh Allen. I think that yeah. Oliver is going to be a good. Josh Allen is going to be great. Yeah, I, I like yeah. it there. Quinn, I, I, Quinton Williams is my favorite player yeah, in the draft. Yeah, I, I think this was just a really solid yeah. defensive line yeah. class. Like you know, and they got drafted really high in the draft. Is there any teams that you really liked what they did? I mean, I think the Patriots had an outstanding draft. Like, especially picking at the end of the round and getting incredible value there. I think Nikhil Harry's just one of the, you know, I thought I was blown away by him. I I mean, I think he's going to, he's just the perfect fit in that offense right now. And honestly, I do really like what the, I, I do like what the Chiefs did. I think with, when you, if you factor in getting a Frank Clark with the 29th pick and a pick next year for who can make the biggest difference right now, yeah, I, I think, I think they did do some good stuff there, but I mean, I, I don't know if they, I mean, who had the, the best draft. I think uh, Baltimore had, had made some good picks there. Yeah, I have Baltimore there. Yeah. Uh, a couple of names I wrote down were yeah. Marquise Brown, Miles Boykin, yeah. Justice Hill, and Jalen Ferguson. Yeah, That's they, a really, they didn't, they yeah. haven't had any wide receivers for a while, and they just yeah. got two solid ones. I mean, I don't know if yeah. it matters with Baltimore just yeah. given yeah. who their quarterback is. But That's I what I was thinking too. I was <laughs> like, I was like, Marquise yeah. Brown, yeah, he can run really fast, but can Lamar Jackson <laughs> even get it to him? He I was going to run that triple option, that speed yeah. option. <laughs> I was thinking, it's like, okay, you take DK Metcalf and you just have him block. <laughs> you just have him just block every year, just make him just like a monster blocker. There, I mean, I'm not a, I am not a Lamar Jackson fan. I, I don't, th- I think he's, he's, he is so limited right now i think he's black tebow honestly oh absolutely i mean except the thing is uh, no i i agree i agree i think he's got a slightly i think he's got a little better arm like he really can get a little better zip on it but yeah he can't he doesn't have great velocity going to the sidelines the only difference with tebow is that dude was built like a tank and he could take a hit lamar jackson you saw what happened to the chiefs game i mean you run around like that like as a quarterback i just 
I don't, I don't see it happening. I mean, and I, I, I think it's cool that what Baltimore is doing where they're like, all right, we're going to go all in with this just like 1920s offense here. <laughs> and we're going to try it. Nobody else is doing it. It's almost like it's like it reminds me of like the Royals uh, when their World Series run is like, you know, we're going to get guys who make contact and are, can steal bases and can play defense because nobody else is doing it that way. We're going to do our own thing. And that's kind of what Baltimore is doing. They're like, we're just going to build this just very old-fashioned, you know, they just, you know that- cloud of dust sort of team here. And yeah. um, and we'll we'll see. I'm excited to see it because, I mean, what, what, what are they going to do? I don't think they had another choice, especially with um, having Lamar Jackson. I, I think Flacco's garbage. I think he's I think he's one of the worst. Can't wor- argue that. I think he's I, I do I think he's one of the I think he's maybe the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. And he has actually it's been. Great. For a he's few in our years. division now. I like oh, that. it's fantastic. I don't think he's gonna. I, I don't think he's gonna be playing there for too long. No, I mean, I don't think if, if you've watched Joe Flacco play, it's like they didn't have a choice. Yeah. And so they're like, you know what? We're just gonna go all in with this. I mean, God bless him. I, I salute you. <laughs> good, good luck. Let's see what happens. I'm excited. Week three. I'm excited. Uh, to answer your question, I really yeah. like what New England did for a lot of the reasons yeah. that you did. I mean, I, yeah. Cleveland kind of had a similar draft, yeah. like a concept that the Chiefs did. Trading yeah. their first-round pick to, get, to go get Odell Beckham. Now you piece, uh, you piece him with Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. and Jarvis Landry's their number two. And, I mean, I like the pick of Greedy Williams. I think if you oh, think about the wait, value in the of second, the second round, yeah, yeah, second yes, round value for pick. Greedy Williams, you make him your number two corner behind Denzel Ward. I really like what Cleveland did. I did too. Uh, I, I would say Cleveland's no, loaded. no teams improve more this offseason than the Jets and the Browns. Absolutely. Yeah, the uh, Jets are going to be interesting, though. I think yeah. so too. They got the, the free agent pickups. I mean, yeah, really, if Darnold takes a step forward, I think they put him in a good position. I mean, we'll see. I wish he, if he had some more weapons on the outside there. But um, if he, I mean, if he ends up being as good as everybody thinks he's going to be, they're going to be much better. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and the. No, it was fun. It was an interesting draft. There's a lot of good theme, good things happening there. I do, yeah. Good point on Cleveland there. Like, I mean, man, they they're gonna be a lot of fun to watch. And they also got the the middle they're linebacker from uh, Alabama too. Like way yeah. later. I'm not he, a, I'm not a big fan of him, but, but I mean he, value though. Value wise, it was a good pick. Uh, I also like what the Titans did. Uh, yeah. Jeffrey Simmons and AJ Brown. Jeffrey Simmons probably won't play next year, but yeah. He's going to be for the future. Good. They're not doing shit with Marcus Mariota, though. They, I think they yeah. need to, I think they need to pick a quarterback, but I really, that's a different discussion. I really liked what the Packers did, like pretty much their entire offseason yeah. and the draft. They got Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage as their first two picks, and they signed Preston Smith, Zaire Smith, and uh, – or wait, Zaire Smith. That's not, that's not right. All the Smiths. What? Yeah, all yeah, the all Smiths. The, yeah, all the Smiths. All the, yes. I was like, wait, Zaire Smith, he's, he plays for Philly. Yeah. Sixers. I was like, that's not him. Uh, yeah, they, and then they, uh, they um, Adrian Amos. So they yeah. basically Zadarius Smith. Zadarius, thank you. Yes. Um, and they just like completely remade that defense. And that defense yeah. actually now, I'm like, that's kind of that's formidable. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to play it. But I wish they should have gotten yeah. gotten uh, Aaron another weapon. But yeah, you see the. But here's the. I mean, I thought that that uh, Deadspin article on the the Packers was was amazing, like so illuminated, looking into the dysfunction in their organization. And now there's a, a new report out today that they wouldn't let uh, the coach uh, pick his assistant coaches. What? <laughs> I read that story. Yeah. Oh and then you look God. at all the things there and how Aaron Rodgers, the new coach? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they yeah they basically Jesus. hired his coaches for him. Wow. And then you look at um yeah you know how Aaron Rodgers he said like he does not like young receivers. He wants veterans. I mean, Devontae just, Adams yeah. is, isn't, isn't. Do we know uh, who Aaron yeah. Rodgers actually likes? Like the only person <laughs> yeah. I think he likes is Jordy Nelson. I don't think he yeah. likes any other player in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, he obviously trusts Devontae right now, 
But yeah, it, I mean, I can see that though. But after reading that and then seeing them not pick any new receivers, yeah. it kind of was like, it, you kind of connect the dots there. Yeah. Where you're like, okay, I think he he's more comfortable with veteran guys who you don't have to teach the playbook to. Because I think it is, yeah, in a, in a complicated offense, you want a guy who can come in and play all the positions and you can move around, especially and when you're a, uh, a quarterback who moves around and freelances like he does, somebody who knows where he's going to go and what he's going to do. So I honestly wasn't really super surprised by that. And yeah, and I think the best thing Aaron Rodgers you could do is just bolster up that defense for him and get him on the field more. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, just the thing is, just looking into the Packers, it's funny. I got most of my family's from Wisconsin. So I'm like, my family's like all Packers fans. Yeah. I mean, that's clearly a really dysfunctional organization right now from, yeah, I mean, you're looking at, like, talking about the Lakers, and now we talk about the Packers from the top. Yeah. And you're looking at the way things are happening in the front office. But, no, I thought they made some good moves, though, for sure. Yeah, I also, I kind of like what the Cardinals did. They got DeAndre Butler, all the, Andy all Isabella, Kyle Murray. Kyler Murray is going to be their starting quarterback. I think they did I think they did pretty good there. And you still got yeah. Larry Fitzgerald there to teach those young guys what, like, just how to do it. I mean, my just thing with the Cardinals is always is, is a guy the who Cardinals. couldn't who couldn't well <laughs> you hire a coach who couldn't win in the Big Twelve. Yeah, that's that's a little weird. I mean, that's that's really tough for me to be like, okay, if this guy goes and he's super successful, that's gonna really change the way I think about football, honestly. If you're like, okay, this guy can't win the Big Twelve, but he can win the NFC West. I mean that would be yeah. unbelievable, wouldn't yeah. it? Failing upwards. I mean, totally. Exactly. I and mean, then you look I mean, at no, this, no one's yeah. fallen upwards like that since Lane Kiffin. No, no, it's it's unbelievable. It's unprecedented to see it, to see this happening right now. But it's like you know what they're they're committing, and it's smart that they they got they got his guy. They got Kyler Murray. They drafted all new wide receivers. They're like you know what? we're gonna do things the way Cliff Kingsbury wants to do it, and that's the only way to do it. There, you got to give him the weapons. You got to let him do his system. And I'm going to be watching that with a lot of interest, but it just I just don't see any way that that's going to work. It just it would completely just it would just rip apart the fabric of space and time for me if Cliff Kingsbury ended up being a great being NFL good. coach. Yeah, it would be it, weird. It, it would just it just goes against all everything I've learned about watching sports and football and the way things work. And you'd have to give them a lot of credit, but it just I just don't I don't see it. Yeah, I think you got. I mean, if you're going to hire Cliff Kingsbury. You gotta let him do his vision. Like exactly. You don't like you don't go out on the limb and yeah. make this very out of left field hire if you're not fully committed to the cost. So, you don't keep Josh Rosen. Yeah. So yeah. like so like get, if, so yeah. like if you're going to hire Cliff Kingsbury, then you gotta be committed to getting the quarterback that he mm-hmm. wants, the running backs that he wants, the wide receiver that he wants, and you have to trust that it works. Because if it works, then you look like a genius. If it doesn't Absolutely. work, he's gonna be fired in two seasons. Yeah. Yeah, and probably yeah, some people would say the same thing about you know Mahomes coming out of Texas Tech and lighting up the NFL. That would have been impossible too, or Baker Mayfield coming out of an air raid and lighting up the NFL. The game's changed, and I, I, I love. I that's the thing is I love. You got you got you got uh, the Baltimore Ravens on one side. You got the Arizona Cardinals on the other side, kind of going in these different directions here, where one's really doubling down on this run first offense, and the other one's like, okay, we're just going to open and spread things out. And, and and that's really exciting for me to watch. I mean, it is like we talked about, uh, like watching Orlando Magic game. It's going to be like watching the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to yeah. watch them when they're on TV. Oh, yeah. I want to see what Kyler Murray's going to do. I want to see what Cliff Kingsbury's going to do. And if I lived in Arizona, I'd be buying tickets to go see them play. Me too. That that is that is the one thing you got to give them credit for, whether it works or not. I am very interested, and I'm very intrigued by what they're doing. Yeah. They at least seem to have a direction. You might not exactly like the direction, yeah. but they at least appear to have a direction. Yeah. As much as I really hate to say this, I actually like what the Raiders did. And also, yeah. I'm usually a sucker for you multiple, like multiple, multiple picks. Yeah. A- Besides uh, Farrell. Abrams uh, and Mullen are like 
they just like solidified their mm-hmm. their uh, secondary. I think anyway. I think Mullen Mullen was my like yeah. top corner pick, and Abram was is amazing. I even, I, I like Josh Jacobs, and Jacobs is good too. If I had told you in January when you knew that the Raiders had three first round picks, they were going to completely overspend for a defensive lineman draft a safety and a running back with those three picks you're like eh, they yeah they could do yeah. a little bit better than that like that's yeah. what ended up happening like i i mean they got some stuff in later rounds too that were really good that they I went just through didn't this whole there, thing but... like this whole thing of stackpiling picks was to get the haul that you ended up getting like oh, okay like yeah. think about it think yeah. about it who's whose haul would you rather have theirs or the packers because you, you like the packers like taking into account free agency and all of that no, stuff. I'm saying the first round picks. Just the that first they got. round pick. Um, who, who came? Who came out better? Packers had one less first round pick, but you really like both of their picks. Packers, I'd say Packers. See what I mean? Better, yeah. I would slightly give the edge to Oakland. Just slightly. I like Abrams a lot, and uh, and we'll see the running running backs from Alabama outside of Damian Williams. I, I, I get a little bit. I, I get a little bit nervous about um, about him, especially because he just doesn't the athletic measurables. That's the reason why he wasn't picked higher. Is I mean, yeah, he's not a particularly fast guy. I mean, I know he breaks tackles pretty well, but he doesn't have that, you know, he's not that game-breaking kind of running back. I mean, he's better than what they have. He's a day-one starter and probably one of your top picks in in your uh, if you're doing a dynasty uh, um, uh, fantasy football draft. He's very interesting. I mean, yeah, it's just, if they would have moved back and got Cleveland Farrell and picked all the same players they did and then got one or two extra players, I think we'd be talking about them having the absolute best draft. It was really, I mean, was when you look at everything they got outside, just take Cleveland Farrell away. It's a it's a good-looking draft, and I, and I think Mayock, I mean, for his first draft, I think he did a great job. But my thing with Oakland will always be that as long as Derek Carr is their quarterback, they're just they're not going anywhere. You don't I, think so? I think no, they, I think Derek Carr Antonio garbage. Brown and... Tyrell, no. I just, I just don't think Derek Carr is very good. I just, I don't, I don't think he is. I think he had a great half of a season, and I think he's been really, really, he's been a bottom tier quarterback ever since. I'm just, I'm not a big believer in him, and I'm just not a big believer in that offense. I mean, but yeah, but I mean, the defense was, the defense did improve uh, yeah. significantly, and I mean, they got Antonio Brown for a third round pick. Who cares if it works out or not? I mean, that just the upside on that is just insane yeah it's all so no i mean i think i mean you, i can't sit here and say oakland had a bad off season no. i can see oakland winning seven games next year they should they yeah, absolutely they should they i think that's should definitely the expectation i think then by the time they're ready to go to vegas they might be pretty good but i just think you're gonna only really go as far as your quarterback unless you have like a baltimore 2000 defense yeah or like an 85 bears defense or something like that if you're going to have a quarterback who's limited, and I, and I very much think Derek Carr is extremely limited as a quarterback, but I think they did I think they did great things um, in the in the draft though. I think Mayock, I think he he knocked it out of the park on his very first one. If you just take away the value of his first pick, yeah. I do agree with you when it comes to Carr. I think that this is going to be. I mean, this is a make or break mm-hmm. kind of season. Mm-hmm. I would say aside from the Jets, you can maybe argue the Browns because of the trade for Odell yeah. Beckham. No team did more to help their quarterback than Oakland. You got him. Oh, excuse me. You got him. Trent Brown <laughs> at, at left tackle or right tackle you got on Tyro Williams you got Antonio Brown you got Josh Jacobs there's no reason why if you think Derek Carr has anything left he can't go out there and have a good season there was nowhere but up to go for them yeah Yeah, you're right you're right there but no they they made some big moves and they got some good draft capital for that I mean you will see if those if those picks they got are going to be more valuable than uh, Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack 
We'll see. We'll see. I mean, they would have, they would have had to pay those guys. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the other thing true, I remember with, pay, with, the, with the salary cap is they would have had to pay those guys. And now they don't. Now they got these young players that they're going to have for very cheap. And they can bring in other guys. And they, they got a little bit of flexibility in there. So, no, I, I like what they did. Yeah. I think if – I mean, if they would have gotten uh, – ended up with uh, Kyler Murray somehow in the draft, I would have been scared. Yeah. I actually think – I would have been scared. Yeah, I actually think if Arizona hadn't have taken him one, like let's say yeah. they go Nick Bosa, I think that Oakland was going to trade up to two to go get Kyler Murray. Yeah. I, I do too. And I think that that would have been like – I would have been – that. Would have gotten, oh, been like, shit. ooh, no. <laughs> there we go. There we have it. Well, and uh, that's so. No, I, I think they did. I think with with what they had and the resources they had, I think they did quite well. Let's get into these Chiefs here. How do you think the Chiefs did, Carrington, in the draft? Uh, I think it's kind of hard to say just because they traded their first round pick for Frank Clark. That just kind of like that was their big move that they made in the draft. I think it was a needed pass rush. Um, I really appreciate that they did that. I've been kind of saying it on my radio show the whole time. Like it was yeah. kind of funny. Like. When they didn't have him, I felt like Chiefs fans were kind of devaluing pass rush. Then they got Frank Clark. That's the piece we needed. I've been telling y'all that the Man. whole offseason. I feel like I'm in the process of doing that right now I, with corner. Like, I've been saying, yeah. they got to go get a corner. corner. got to go get a corner. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're finding a corner. No, you're no, not, not finding a corner. <laughs> I don't know how you can think that. I'm iffy on Miko Hardman. I think he's really fast. Obviously. They fucking love him. They yeah. will not stop putting out stories about how much yeah, they love him. Yeah, they're like, I, I don't feel, I don't know. I, I'm not 100% sold on Miko Hardman, but let's see what works. I love the Juan Thornhill selection. Yeah, it's great. I don't know how much you can anticipate from Colin Saunders in year one. I mean, played one double A football at a small school. Kind of felt like, kind of felt like that's what happened with time. I'm used to the mic being way higher. Yeah, yeah right. This. Uh, <laughs> So I feel like kind of a similar situation from Tano passing, yo. Yep. Overall, if you're counting the Frank Clark as a draft pick, which you have to count, have to. I'd give him I'd give him a B plus. Yep. Aside from that, mm-hmm. I'd probably give him a B minus C. But obviously, what's the point of draft grades? Let's see how it works. Like maybe Juan Thornhill versus Tyron Matthew. If that's the case, you got to give it an A. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think you got to look at like what the uh, what the Rams did last year, where they really went all in on, on that, and it's like you needed to make a move like a Frank Clark, and they probably yep. need to make one more move at cornerback now. Absolutely. And the one. Thing that I've been harping on, and I've been kind of hearing some people. Am I? I've been kind of feeling like I'm alone on this. Am I like the only person who's like really concerned about their linebacking group? Like, I feel like they might have like the worst linebackers in the NFL right now. Yeah, like, I'm not. I'm not ecstatic about it, and that's what there was a Arrowhead Pride thing that came out about us. Whoever wrote it on Arrowhead Pride was like, we should look at Jamie Collins, and I agree yeah. with them for sure. That's but, my guy, uh, Craig Stout. Craig Stout. Barley okay. on Twitter, yeah. Yeah, I was like. Absolutely, we should be looking at Jamie Collins. I thought we should have gone after Zach Brown. He just signed for yeah. five million or something for the Eagles. Like nothing, nothing on a one-year deal, and he's way better than Anthony Hitchens. I think it, I we'll think it kind of depends on. But we're paying Hitchens. I mean, so. we have to see him in the new scheme, though. That's the thing. Yeah, that's yeah I was gonna say. Yeah. I mean, they're clearly banking on. We're moving from the 3-4 to the 4-3. We think that fits Anthony Hitchens. We think that fits Reggie Ragland a lot more. So they're just going to instantly be better players in this. I mean, I, I mean I'm not I'm not thrilled about their uh, linebacker core. I'm with you. They're yeah. a bottom five linebacker core. Cornerback, like we all watch the NFL. Like the yeah. the lack of attention they've paid on their cornerback group, I think should be concerning. Yeah. Because they are one injury away, which yeah, is the NFL. Someone's too. gonna yeah. happen. They're yeah. one injury away from having the worst cornerback group in the NFL. I think, yeah, that's because if I would say is if they stay healthy, I think it's fine, but you just can't count on them staying healthy. It's just it's the NFL. Someone's going to get hurt at some point, and they're going to be in big trouble. Because I do think I think Ward looked really great last year. Fuller was was very good. I love and Kyle Breland Fuller. was was great in Green Bay last year. Yep. But they got nothing behind that. And I think maybe they're like, oh well, maybe one of these like safeties will bring in, or it's just like that's not a good way to live. But oh, I just I just that linebacking core just makes me very, very, very nervous. I'm just all I think about is um 
is yeah, just like the short passing game, just Tom Brady just dinking and dunking it around and not being able to stop anybody at the end of the game. And then my big question is, okay, Anthony Hitchens, oh, he's going to be so much better in a 4-3. Reggie Ragland's going to be better in a 4-3. Breland Speaks going to be better in a 4-3. Why the hell were we not in a 4-3 last year? I do kind of feel like yeah. with the Chiefs, they've just blamed everything that went wrong on the defense yeah. on Bob Sutton. Yes. So, like, last year, if a player underperformed, it wasn't that player. It was just Bob Sutton. Like, Bob mm-hmm. Sutton was just – he was the Grinch that stole football with everything that potentially yeah. went wrong with their defense last year. But you also mm-hmm. drafted Breland Speaks as an outside linebacker when he's a defensive end. He so might, like, he might be a doing? defensive tackle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is a big I mean, boy. Honestly, <laughs> I liked Breland Speaks a yeah. lot coming out of college. I was hyped. Then I was like, linebacker? Like I liked him, I was like, I was like, I think this is like a this is like a third down defensive tackle and get to the quarterback. <laughs> yep. He's I I loved him at Mississippi, but I was like linebacker. This is not a linebacker. This is a, this is a great defensive lineman, and, and I think he will be better. And I think the one thing that I'm most encouraged about is watch. I actually gone back and watched some of the games uh, from last year with being less emotionally involved. And the thing I've really noticed is yes, the defense was very good at getting to the quarterback. But, I mean, they let offensive linemen get to the second level constantly. And they made the linebackers' jobs very, very difficult. I I think they think that uh, Dorian O'Daniel is going to step up and play a big role. Uh, He's so fast. He he moves around. I I hope that he plays well. But I would go get somebody like a Jamie Collins on the cheap because – no one else is calling him, so that's what I would do too. Yeah, yeah I think somebody I, like that. why not? I yeah. mean, why not bring him in? I mean, they could they couldn't do worse than they just they, they need all the help they can get on defense, and I think they made some good moves. I think yeah. this defensive line looks outstanding. Yeah, the defensive I, line looks great. I love Colin Saunders. Like, I think I mean, you look at I'm big when I follow the draft. I am big into to spark and athletic measurables and things like that. And he is exceptional the way he can move around at his size. I mean, yeah, he might not be a huge contributor this year, but I think he was maybe in terms of value, just an unbelievable steal for a guy with that athleticism available in the third round. You just absolutely have to take him because, I mean, yeah, I think he could. He has that very, very high ceiling. And and, and I think when you're in the draft, those are the types of guys you need to get in, in the mid rounds and in the late rounds is just to get as high of a ceiling as you can get. And that's why I like their late round picks. Yeah. Um, with uh, the was it Fenton and then Darwin Thompson? Those Darwin guys, Thompson is my guy. They've got really high ceilings, and I, and I like that. It's like these are lottery tickets here. And I uh, feel like yeah. every fan base loves the mid round running yeah. back. Oh, dude, you know but Dar- I mean? like, Darwin the Chiefs have been great with it. Though. No, I mean, yeah. I'm just saying, like every team, like yeah. How can you love Darwin? He played at Utah State. You know I love I, mean? I love him because oh, yeah. I was I'd been, yeah I would have been more involved in like this NFL draft than any other. So I was like constantly watching like pro football focus and mm-hmm. all this kind of shit all the time and then they'd be like home run hitter and they'd be like darwin thompson utah state you probably haven't heard of him but he's super fucking fast and i was like oh well who's that and then i like looked up i looked <laughs> up highlights i looked up highlights i was like holy shit darwin thompson is awesome I know, always, I know a lot of people that are really high on darwin thompson yeah. this year like i think yeah. he has a chance to be the one by the end of the season good. i, th- I, mean, I yeah, think so too i mean i think he'll be he'll be there'll be plays for him for sure he's gonna get on the field and, and, and that's what I love about him. And, and then this is the Miko Hardman. To go back to this pick is I think you got to really look back at Andy Reid and the receivers he's taken over the years. Is It's probably a little unfair to expect him just to, to you know, walk in and, and be Tyreek Hill. Because Andy Reid's never really done that before. He really yeah. he likes to ease guys in. He seems like he's a guy who's more comfortable with like, oh, I'm more comfortable with like a Chris Conley who can play all three positions, can block, can know what he's going to do. I mean, it's like, yeah, I think you look at guys like Darwin Thompson and Miko Hardman, they're going to get they're going to get you know, kind of special packages. Like he's going to, he's going to get some bubble screens. He's going to run fly routes. He's going to be a decoy. He's going to take the top off the defense. 
And, and that's fine for now. But, I mean, because I'll remember, I'm going to go back to training camp Tyreek Hill's rookie year. I was I would go to training camp with my dad up at St. Joe. I'd never seen anything like Tyreek Hill before. Yeah. He was the best player on the team at that training camp. His rookie year, the day he stepped on the field, he was the best player on that team. And they really eased him in. He didn't start right away. They, they, I mean, what, it was maybe, what, week four or five, his rookie year, they kind of started to really get him going there, mm-hmm. uh, his rookie year. And and I would kind of expect the same trajectory where I think they'd be maybe more comfortable with a with a DeMarcus, obviously DeMarcus Robinson, sorry, or someone like a, you know, like I wouldn't be surprised to see some, like, you know, what is it, that Mahomes friend, uh, Dieter, like, yeah. over him initially. Well, Mahomes and, loves Robinson, too, so I think yeah. that's, he's going to get a lot more targets. I just year. don't, I don't see him starting right away if, if I know anything about Andy Reid, because I can't imagine he's going to step in and be better than Tyreek Hill was his rookie training camp. No. I've never seen anything like that. The guy, he was multiple touchdowns a day. Nobody could catch him. And and if Nicole Hardman isn't, if he can't start after that kind of, I, I just don't, I just don't see I see him kind of getting eased in maybe by the end of the year doing something, but you just can't put too much pressure on a guy. He really didn't do a lot at Georgia. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're more of a run first team. He didn't run a lot of routes. I mean, I think obviously on the, he'll be a kick returner, punt returner day one. So he'll be contributing, but I mean, this guy didn't run the full route tree Yeah, uh, there. He's going to, he's going to be limited. They, and, they may not yeah. have a choice depending on what happens with this Tyree kill thing, which I'm now I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck's going on. Like, it's just such yeah. a weird, odd story. Like, at first, as soon yeah. as I heard the audio, yeah. I was like, cut him yesterday. Like, what are yeah. you doing? Um, and then there's like these text messages, things that have come out from it. And I, I just don't. Mm. And that's why. Carrington, have you talked about this enough yet? You know, <laughs> <laughs> we've definitely talked a lot about yeah. it. Um, I think that he's staying on the team. Yeah. Uh, if, if he does not get charged criminally, I feel very, very confident that Tyreek Hill will be on the team. I mean, he's probably going to get a between two to six game suspension at some point. I mean, yeah. Like that time is coming from the NFL. We're going to yeah. see a tweet from Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter at some point this summer mm-hmm. that the NFL has decided to suspend Tyreek Hill uh, because of the audio recording. Yeah. So he's going to get suspended at one time. But I mean, if he's going to play football in 2019, I do not see the Chiefs allowing him the opportunity yeah. to play for anybody that's not them. He's no. going to be on yeah. the team. They're not making the Kareem Hunt mistake again. Mm-mm. And it's, it's it's a little different. Yeah, it the, is. The, the Kareem yeah. Hunt is different because we've talked a lot about that. The reason yeah. I think it's different is I think we all realized that after that video, Kareem Hunt was not going to play anymore that season. Like, he, was, yeah. he, he was not no, going to no, play anymore. Like, they could have decided to keep him. Like were they gonna keep Ty- were they were they gonna keep Kareem Hunt for fifteen games? That's a, that's essentially mm-hmm. what his suspension has turned into a fifteen yeah. game suspension. Yeah. I don't know if they were gonna keep him for that. It's gonna be yeah. different with Tyreek because his his suspension is gonna be two games at the beginning of the season. He might be there, you know, yeah. like he might be there by October first. Like that's just a completely yeah. different scenario than what happened with Kareem Hunt. I I, 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 I get the comparison of what happened mm-hmm. between the two, but like it's we different. can yeah, and we can agree that mm-hmm. if this had happened during the season, the Chiefs would face a different kind of pressure, and then he would be inactive right now. Like mm-hmm. he would not be play, currently playing games no. with that tape being no. out there. No, so well, so he's the, been barred from all activities still, right? Yeah. He hasn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, barring him from rookie mini camp. What yeah, is he, yeah, you know yeah. What are you like, what, what, what are you that's barring true. him yeah, from? Yeah. Nothing yeah. is happening. Yeah. The only yeah. thing is he's gonna miss is mandatory camp and it's the yeah. only thing he's going to miss and then this will all get resolved by the time they head to St. Joe and he'll be there. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad they're just they should be patient on these things in general. I mean, I think that they are, you see this all over the league where people are kind of coming to hasty things. You need to let the process kind of work itself out and then make a decision. I'm just not one who's on board to being like, "Oh, you got to like do something right now." It's like, "No, let's let's get everything together and if he did something, absolutely let's get him out, but let's wait for it we, we can be a little bit patient especially because yeah. it's the off season 
and then and then if if he does something and they still don't do something, then we can we can you know yep. chastise them like like they really have been. They've been taking a lot of heat for yeah for this, but I think they're I think but they're handling it the right way. And the NFL hasn't done anything like, either. Yeah, it's it's uh, you got to wait for the the case to to wrap up first. I think so, but we will see. But I mean, I think I I do honestly believe that they would have picked Miko Hardman regardless. Yeah, because I think if Tyreek Hill was wrapped up, they would have signed him for a hundred million dollars. Sammy Watkins would have been gone next year. Yep. And you're still you looking at somebody. kind of a similar situation there. So I do think I do think that receiver was a priority coming into the draft with them because you see them do this a lot where they'll they'll pick a guy that they're in a position that they're good at, but then they're you know they're they're up for a contract the very next year. I don't know if they trade yeah. up to go get a wide receiver though. If this like so let's say like we yeah. could go back yeah. to January like yeah. whenever this happened. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was about the Big Twelve. I remember. Yeah. Let's say that this never comes out. I don't know if they trade up. Like maybe they. Just wait, and then if Miko mm-hmm. Hardman's there at sixty-one, hey, we like him. We think it's yeah. great value. I don't know if they trade up to go get a wide receiver. No, I think it. I think they felt a pressure to be like, we need to go get somebody. Mm-hmm. I thought when we jumped up like yeah. that, I thought it was going to be for a different wide receiver. I because I didn't know Campbell. who I didn't know who Michael Hardman was. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, I all think, right. I think a lot of people thought they were going to go get DK Metcalf. I did too. Yeah, I, I honestly did. Although after watching, I didn't really know much about Hardman either. But then after watching him, I think I do like. I he's like him. Good. I was never a big DK Metcalf fan because I'm like, okay, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Chris Conley, like great athlete. He's a little stiff. He doesn't seem like a very natural football he's just player. So fast. Yeah, Paris. And so big. Yeah, Paris Campbell. He doesn't have the greatest hands. I watch Michael Hardman. I see a really natural kind of hands catcher. He he moves around really well, and I think he's got a really high ceiling. So I was kind of like, what out of all the guys available? But I kind of looked into it. I was like. Okay, I think they got. I think they got the right guy, and and you hear that report. I don't know how much you can you can say of that. There, there was you know the Jets were going up to get him. Mm-hmm. Who knows if that Jets was and gonna, the Eagles? I think yeah, that, that teams I heard. And if that's the case, then you know they got their guy, and if he ends up being good, I I don't know. I, I'm I'm more hyped on this. Definitely when they when I saw them draft, I was kind of like a little confused. Yeah, I was like what? And then I've definitely like so. If you would have asked me day of, I would have probably been on the same page. But now after kind of going back and really watching him. I'm 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 getting some hype for him. Yeah, it's just crazy if I had told yeah. you after the AFC Championship game that the Chiefs had four picks in the top 100 and they don't take a corner, you probably yes. tell me that that's that's dumb. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. you would have said that. I dumb. thought for sure we were taking. I thought I thought we yeah. were taking Mullen or somebody. Yeah, there wasn't. Yeah, I just think that we're looking at where they were. I don't really think that the uh, the value was really there at cornerback. So if the value is not there, you got to go and you got to trade for someone now. Yeah. Because yeah, you have to address that position now. Because I I'm not a big fan of reaching for a position in the draft either. And if Miko Hardman, you feel like he's significantly better than any of the cornerbacks, you take Miko Hardman. But yeah, when your Super Bowl window is now, yeah, you have to make yeah. a move. You absolutely, and you're not gonna, just going to bring in some veteran. You're not. You can't just bring in another Orlando Scandrick to do something like this. You got to go <sighs> and you got to get somebody signing. and do what they. You know, look what the Rams did the last the last year. They traded away all their top end draft picks and they got to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I feel like yeah, you make a couple more aggressive moves. We're going to go to the Super Bowl next year, and that's and and that's the mindset I think they should have, is maybe not trying to you know, become a dynasty over this next year but like winning right now when you have pat mahomes on his rookie contract yeah and then figuring it out later yeah is because we're gonna have to pay him a lot of money i mean because i've heard this point brought up like i mean does anybody regret you know trading away all the royals prospects for johnny cueto and ben zobrist no i don't think a single person regrets that i think yeah it's like the time is now to win a super bowl it's never gonna get better than this probably i don't know if they'll ever this this roster is looking like it's good and they're just missing i think they're missing two pieces uh number one cornerback and an inside linebacker yeah, that's. I think I think we're very close. Um, mm. This question should go very quickly because I'm sure you've also had to talk about this a lot. 
Uh, we're starting to run out of time. Uh, is Jamal Charles or Derek Johnson a Hall of Famer? No. Neither of them? No, I don't think that either one are very close. They'll be Chiefs Hall of Fame. They'll be Ring of Honor guys, but I can make a I can make a small argument for Jamal Charles because he has a yards per carry. Yes. I don't think he has a sustained period of time where he was good or the postseason accolades to do it. Like I think that at their peak, Jamal was a better running back than Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch went to a Super Bowl and that just that changes it. You know what I mean? Like that just changes how we look at you. I don't think Derek Johnson has any chance of going into the Pro yeah. Football Hall of Fame. Great player. Like, yeah. sometimes I think we kind of have these conversations. We look at it like a knock. Like, no knock. Like, a lot of great, great players don't make the, like, I, I, Donovan McNabb, I don't think he's ever making the Pro Football Hall no. of Fame, but had a but had a really solid NFL career. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what Derek Johnson is. Had a really solid NFL career. Going to make his team's Hall of Fame. Will be beloved in Kansas City for the rest of his life. He's just not a Pro Football Hall of Fame. If Derek Johnson won multiple Super Bowls, maybe. If Jamal Charles won one Super Bowl, absolutely. And here's the thing that, that is screwed up about this. I don't think Jamal Charles is a Hall of Famer either. But they put Terrell Davis in the Hall of Fame. Terrell Davis is different. I mean, he had the one-year Ray Rush, Ray Rush for 2,000 yards, Super Bowl MVP, and won NFL MVP. If, mm. if, if Jamal had won NFL MVP, like that, he, that, that's where yeah. I think it changes it. Because, like... None of us would argue for Sean Alexander to be a, no. a Hall of Famer. Like, nope. Sean Alexander won MVP. But, like, yeah. it, it just – so I, I always think it's a combination of you got to be really good for a decent amount of time or mm. you got to have postseason accolades. Like, it has to be one of the two. Like, Jamal wasn't great for a prolonged period of time. It was maybe great for three years. Of like, yeah. truly great when we got to see peak Jamal Charles. And he has yeah. no postseason accolades. That's yeah. just not getting you in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You no, know, he, he shouldn't be in there. But, I mean, I have to say, you can line him up next to a lot of Hall of Fame running backs, and I'm going to take Jamal Charles at his best. Yeah. I mean, I think those couple seasons he had was one of the most electric, exciting athletes I've ever seen. Yeah. He was unbelievable. And this for Chiefs fans, guys like Derek Johnson and Jamal Charles are so special because we were so bad. And they were the reason, only reason why you could tune in and watch them play. Otherwise, there was really no reason to watch the Chiefs play back then. And so, no, they, they are really special. And I think if they had been in different, both of them had been in different circumstances on better teams. I think they have Hall of Fame talent, but they just weren't on the in the right situation. And Jamal Charles certainly has a better case because, I mean, that yards per carry there thing is, is absolutely yeah. ridiculous. And if, if you'd watched him play... Because I think a lot of people are quick to say no, but it's like for people who watched him play and how special he was, yeah. it's it's a little tougher of an argument. But no, they neither of them really deserves to be, unfortunately. All right, let's get into these rapid-fire questions. They don't have to be super quick. You can totally elaborate on, on any okay. of these answers. Who's your favorite chief, Carrington? Not current. Well, it can be current, but just all time. That's weird because, like, I've never considered myself to be a Chiefs fan, mm-hmm. per se. Like, growing up, my uh, my half-brother was, like, a really big Broncos fan. So I liked the Broncos as a kid. And then he switched, like, once the Broncos got terrible and became an Eagles fan, then I kind of was, like, a team without a country. Yeah. Um, so I've, like, never really been a Chiefs fan where, like, I would say that I have a, like, favorite player all time on the team. I liked the Royals as a kid, was never a big Chiefs fan. I, I've just always been a Missouri fan. Like, that's kind of just been, like, my team. So, like, favorite Chief per se, I I guess Jamal Charles, but, like, yeah. people, like, love Jamal. Like, yeah, I oh, don't yeah. have that love yeah. towards yeah. Jamal. I just, I've met him a few times, always liked him. We always got a long find, so I, I, I guess Jamal, Jamal would be my answer. Yeah, that's, a, that's a tough question. Honestly, I, I I'm... Might might hate this answer. I think I think Patrick Mahomes is he's the best. I've never seen anything like him before, and in in football where quarterback is so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, this last season watching him play it was just the most fun I've ever had watching football my whole life. But it's also it's, so stressful. Those mm-hmm. that 
Rams game and that Patriots game was just like I've never been more stressed watching a football game ever. I mean, I just <laughs> the idea of a player like that kind of a superstar player being on on a Kansas City sports team is something I've never experienced my whole life. I mean, maybe you could talk about George Brett in the early '80s being like that kind of superstar. Or Bo, or I mean, well, Bo is just. A little bit, little bit different. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes he was, is going to be to exciting. Kansas City what Peyton Manning was to Indiana. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, totally. He's going to be like that. We've never. Have you been in Indianapolis? Yeah. He, has, he has a children's hospital. Like yeah. Mahomes or uh, yeah. Peyton Manning yeah. has a children. Like I, I think that's what Mahomes is going to be like over the next fifteen years. And there's just yeah, and then just the type of person he is. Like everybody loves him. I mean, I, I think that, that that guy. But if you go back though, I do want to give some love. Um, one of my favorite players. One of the reasons I fell in love with with uh, football was. Uh, was watching the offensive line uh, block for Priest Holmes back in the early 2000s. Oh, we had the best offensive line, yeah. Watching Willie Rofe come around and on a screen pass and just knock guys down, that really kind of made me fall in love with football. So I want to give some uh, give some love to um, to Willie Rofe, uh, Brian Waters, uh, Will Shields, yeah. uh, Casey Wegman, and then you know, they had John Tate, then they had uh, Welburn on the line there. That, 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 that offensive line was so unbelievable. Really, really good. Favorite NBA player, either past or current? LeBron. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've only had three posters in my entire life. I had the Muhammad Ali poster that every boy has <laughs> oh, had in yeah. their entire life. I had a Britney Spears poster because I went through the mm-hmm. whole Britney Spears. I actually saw Crossroads in the theaters. I let you know how <laughs> big of a fan I was of Britney Amazing. Spears. I went to Amazing. see Crossroads in theaters. And LeBron James. I So, yeah, yeah. LeBron's my favorite player. Like, I, I kind of think like LeBron. LeBron has been like our first social media athlete that yeah. we got to see. Like I remember when I first heard about LeBron and saw him on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I remember when mm-hmm. ESPN decided we're going to start showing high school games. Like ESPN yeah. did not cover high school sports. No. And then it was a big deal of they're going to show a LeBron James basketball game. And I actually went back and watched that game probably a year ago. And like now knowing how the LeBron story unfolds, like go back and like watch and listen to it. Like. Dick Vitale wants to call mm-hmm. him Magic Johnson so bad, but like doesn't want yeah. to call a high school player Magic, Magic Johnson. Johnson. I'm like, yeah. you can call him Magic Johnson. He mm-hmm. ended up becoming Magic, Magic Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Like it's just it's kind of crazy. And like Billis is there, and he's super impressed. And just LeBron's been the one player that like we've all got to go through the ups and downs of like every single mm-hmm. stage of his career and like react to him in real time. Like we didn't get to do that with Jordan. Didn't get mm-hmm. to didn't, didn't do that with Kobe with the early Parkers when he came mm-hmm. in the league. Like LeBron's been the one that would be able to. Facebook or MySpace, and I'll tweet about it that, yeah, LeBron's my favorite uh, NBA player. I mean, I, was, I think LeBron, I mean, I was pretty young when Michael Jordan was in his prime, so Same. I didn't really get to really, I mean, I love, I had him, I still have a Michael Jordan jersey, yeah. and, I, and I loved Michael Jordan like every kid did. I loved uh, Patrick Ewing. I was a huge Patrick Ewing fan. I liked the Knicks for some reason Pat when I was Ewing. a kid. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite player when I was a kid. I, I think I, I, like, I want to be a little different. Everyone liked Michael Jordan, yeah. so I was like, I'm going to like Patrick Ewing. <laughs> you know, I want to be my own guy. Um, as a, um, I mean, yeah, to go back as a uh, as a current kind of younger player, um, as as a you know as a lifelong Lorenzian, uh, Joel Embiid, seeing him because I mean KU guys, I mean besides maybe Paul Pierce, don't really haven't really done much in the I've NBA. I've never heard B. that word before, Lorenzian. I've never heard that. Before. <laughs> oh yeah, I've never heard anyone <laughs> yeah. say that before yeah. ever in my entire life. That's good. No, that's well, really yeah, you good. probably because you probably talk to people who. Um, who like went to KU? <laughs> I grew up in Lawrence. I've lived in Lawrence for you know twenty five years. Man, so I've never I'm heard anyone hard, say that before. Hardcore townie. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um. So I love I love me some Joel Embiid. But yeah, the best ba- basketball player I've ever seen in my life, really in my adult life, is LeBron James. I've never seen, he's he's unbelievable. So I always have weird favorites. Like I go against the grain. My favorite NBA player is Sean Kemp. 
Ooh, he's not loves. a bad favorite. His, his, hi- his hi- if you just watch highlights, it's ridiculous. If you just watch a highlight <laughs> reel, I mean, I don't know if anyone has a more exciting highlight reel than Sean Kemp. That's probably why I love it. I would say Zion Williamson, but I get well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. who he reminds me of. Yeah, that's totally. who Zion reminds me I mean, of. Zion's. I don't know if you guys have seen Zion's high school footage. It's oh, ridiculous. It's, I mean, it's it's like he's playing on an eight foot rim. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's <laughs> it's amazing. It's yeah. totally I watch ridiculous. Zion's highlight film once a month. Yeah, <laughs> just like I just, yeah, I just feel like kind of seeing this. It's great. You know, uh, there's another really good one, John Wall. Go back and watch John, John Wall's Wall high stuff? one. John oh, yeah. Wall's high school was really good too. Uh, there was there's some like doc or something that came out recently about Demarcus about how when he came up about how he was just way bigger than everyone else and was just dominating everyone in high school. I believe oh, that. I can't even. Imagine. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. <laughs> what have you been listening to lately? A lot of Nipsey Hustle. Um, ever oh, since cool. he passed, that's kind of all I've been listening to. I would say Nipsey Hustle, and then Jay Z had this B sides concert where he like didn't do any radio hits and he just yeah. did B side records. So Reasonable Doubt and Nipsey Hustle probably been the two biggest things lately. Awesome. I didn't know anything about Nipsey Hustle until that happened. And man, I, I did not understand the scope of that tragedy yeah. of what as a musician and as a person and as a community leader, what kind of loss that was. And I, just to go back on that, it's like, man, they kind of like made it like, it's like, oh, this this rapper got gunned down in L.A. And it's like, no, this like community leader got assassinated. Yeah. And I wish they would have portrayed it that way because I had no idea. And I, yeah, I've. I'm glad. I mean, it's it's a shame that it took that for me to know who this guy yeah, was. Okay. That that he had to die for for me to really understand what kind of person he was. Um, but no, so that, that's a great one. But um, it's funny. I just uh, I I saw the uh, the 1975 during a lightning storm over at uh, Sandstorm. I heard about. I heard yeah. that it yeah. was raining and really bad. I saw yeah. they pushed it back oh, yeah. and people were mad and. I mean, you can't oh, yeah. perform in the lightning store. I don't know what people no. thought you were going to do. And then they brought us back in. The lightning wasn't over. They were just like, screw it. Yeah, you got to like, do it. They were like, we're just going to go for it. And it was an unbelievable show. And good. I like, honestly, it's funny. I never liked the 1975, like their old albums. They were kind of a little, little too poppy, a little little squirrely for me. But this last album they put out, man. I haven't listened it, to it at all. You got to listen to this. It is from track one to the end. It is a damn good record. I'll, I'll check that like, out because I, I listen to you like know that, chocolate um, the and all bus that, is but... in the building that I work at over at Intercom. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I know all of them really well. Um, yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, pretty. Uh, I, know, I know Hartzell pretty well. Okay, yeah, Hartzell's my guy. Yeah, like yeah, Hartzell. yeah. Hartzell, one of one of the coolest dudes ever. I need to I need to have him on still. Oh, we, we shouted out his podcast last time because yeah, Hartzell will do it. Jason was uh, Jason was talking. You're that Hartzell. You're doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you're doing it. Yeah, no, he's going to. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, but no, we we do we uh with my band we we do a bunch with the buzz um, oh, okay, cool. and stuff like that. So we we know all the all those. Uh, Jeremy is yeah one oh, of okay. our one of our really good friends. Um, we always we always laugh about you know when we were kids we used to with our high school bands would like call in and pretend like we wanted to hear like we we weren't in our band <laughs> yeah. so they'd play our song on Homegrown. <laughs> yeah. And then Jeremy's like, dude, I know it's your band. <laughs> um, yep. so yeah, the buzz people, yeah, those are that's uh that's a family family to us yeah definitely uh mm-hmm. i've been listening to this uh singer songwriter from australia her name's stella donnelly her album beware oh. of the dogs is really really great i saw her play mm-hmm. at record bar like a few months ago but last night we had um julia jacklin and i was like oh julia's from australia too i'll play stella donnelly in between the the like sets mm-hmm. and i was like fuck i need to listen to this record it's really good <laughs> Yeah, so that's what I've been listening to. Mm-hmm. Have you watched anything lately on TV or a uh, movie that you've seen that you recommend? Um, I went to go see Detective Pikachu last week. Oh, nice. Um, I really like that. I go nice. to the movies a lot. Um, I need I, um, I need to only go to um, Alamo from now on because me and my girlfriend just went and saw uh, Endgame. Had to get a refund for the first few tickets because a, a woman brought in three children under the age of four oh, wow. to a three-hour movie and sat down right next to me and i was like 
can't do it. Yeah. I can't do this. Like, yeah. I'm going to try to be cool for a little bit and we'll mm-hmm. see how this works. And then like immediately I was like, nope. Tough gotta, draw. Yeah. yeah gotta go. And then when we got into the second movie, there was this guy behind me the whole time just being like, punch him in the face. Punch him in the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh my God, dude, stop talking. Like, we're trying to watch the movie for three hours. He just kept talking. Um, I went to go see the movie Long Shot. I saw it the Monday after Avengers mm-hmm. came out. I've never seen a movie theater like that ever in my entire life. Everybody was there to see Avengers. Oh, yeah. I yeah. was the oh, only yeah. person not going to see Avengers. Uh, yeah, Longshot's like, the one with uh, Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen. Yeah, with yeah, Seth Rogen. Charlie I Stone, go see yeah. movies all Is it the good? time. It was okay. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's it's a Seth Rogen movie. Like, there's the, you know, there's the one sex joke that's like, you could have done without this. There's the one... Yeah. We joke that you could have done without. But yeah. no, it, it, was, it, was, it was surprisingly good. Like, I, I surprisingly enjoyed it. Um, I went to go see The Intruder. Thought it was okay. Last 40 minutes, I would say, are pretty enjoyable. That looks kind of very meh. Yeah. I it, it was black people, so I always try to go support my people. Yeah. You know, I, I always wanted to keep making those kind of movies, so I always try to go see them. Yeah. Um, I saw Fighting With My Family yesterday. I watched that on uh, the internet. It's that Is WWE that the, 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 movie. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah I watched that. that. Cool. It was okay. I am watching Game of Thrones for the first time. I kind of took a break, so I've been watching I felt like in my free time, all I watched was Game of Thrones trying yeah. to catch up. And once people didn't seem that happy with the season of Game of Thrones, I'm like, I'm not in any rush to catch up with you guys. I don't even <laughs> like this season. We, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on this, but this new season is, is rough. It's almost like yeah. it feels like a joke. Like, uh, yeah, and no, I've heard a lot of people say yeah. that. So I was like, I was making really good yeah. time. I was going to catch up. And then after this last episode, episode four, mm-hmm. when everybody was like hating it in the Starbucks thing, I haven't watched Game of Thrones all week. I was, I was like <laughs> where, trying to catch up. Where, where are you at right now? Uh, I'm getting close to the Battle of the Bastards. I'm like one episode Oof. before that. Um, I mean, that episode, I mean, you've obviously heard. I mean, that's Yeah, just, everybody uh, says I'm, that could be the best episode. Yeah, I mean, because it was like, it was like oh, Battle of Winterfell, that's going to be better than battle of the bastard it was not battle of the bastard was it was maybe the i mean you got to put that up there with like you know like the, the saving private ryan uh helms deep lord of the rings yeah. like greatest greatest battle sequences ever shot on film it's if you can get to there i think it's like it doesn't get much better than that <laughs> it doesn't get much better. Uh, unfortunately because <laughs> i'm a big fan of it um and that's really what i've been watching and i mean i'm gonna see it through to the end yeah two more I, weeks right two yeah more only weeks. two more weeks that's it so yeah, tonight. Yeah, there's tonight and then next week. Next so it's really week, just yeah. one week. I gotta. Um, I, well, I and yeah. part of why yeah. I I stopped watching it was mm-hmm. I I gotta work next mm-hmm. Sunday during the thing, so I'm filling in for Danny actually on CBS. Mm-hmm. So his oh, show nice. his show starts yeah. right when Game of Thrones uh, comes on. So like once I once I can't watch it live at that yeah. point, it's like why am I speeding? Because at some point I just have to get on the internet. Yeah. yeah, like I'm going to have to get on the internet. I'm just like, well, I, it's gonna get spoiled at some point. I might as well now just watch it at my own pace. So I mean, I'll finish. Yeah. I'll finish Game of Thrones probably in the next month. I mean, I only have probably what twenty episodes to go now. When I, I yeah. mean, so I'm 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 almost done with six. Season seven has seven episodes. Yeah, it's season, like a season and a yeah, half. Yeah, season eight has six episodes. I'm not, I mean, I'm probably less than yeah. 20 away. So yeah. I'll finish it here in the next month. But I'm not speeding to watch it like I was. I, I was watching mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. I was watching oh, two, yeah. three hours, and I'm just like, this is Same. all I do in my like. It's either I come home, eat NBA playoffs or Game of Thrones. Like I gotta, I gotta do something else with my time. Yep. Yeah, I had to because I binged through them. I only really started watching it um, 
early last year and I kind of did the same thing where it was just like I just felt like I was just like constantly like in this Game of Thrones mindset where I'm just like I'm just keep on like do I want to just go to this weird like medieval nightmare world every day that's just like how that's my hobby now <laughs> it's just being immersed in just like this just like treachery and murder and just like it's so weird. It's not something like I would. Yeah, it was. It's weird when you're just watching. I'm like, oh, I want. I need to make some moves in my life. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like. Really... I need. I need to get. I need to get a promotion or a raise. <laughs> I, I need to move up here. I need to, to take action on my life. I didn't. I didn't yeah. really feel like that. I just mm-hmm. felt like I don't have a whole lot of free time, mm-hmm. and then all the free time that I had, yeah. I just was giving to one thing. Like I. I like the show. I'm just like, yeah. I don't love it enough to make it my, my everything. And that's yeah. kind of what I felt like. So I was like, yeah, I, I can't, I'm, I'm kind of cooling out. So Man, you're so close though. Yeah, no, so I, I, I am super close. <laughs> I, I guess I, I thought I was going to be able to watch it in real time. And once I couldn't, I, once I realized I couldn't watch the finale in real time, it just, it killed all my buzz to just keep mm. plowing through it the way yep. that I was. I have been watching the, what we do in the shadows TV series on FX. It is Basically, just as good as the movie. It's fantastic. Oh, fantastic. Really, really funny. I've heard of it before. What is it about? Uh, so, what we do in the shadows was a like a mockumentary movie done by Taka Watiti, who did Thor Ragnarok and Flight of the Concords, and it's like a mockumentary about a bunch of vampires living together in a flat in New Zealand. And the show is is basically just like that, but they are on Staten Island. And it is fucking hilarious, and I love it. It's really, really good. I watched some show not too long ago. I think it was on Bravo. It was called Dirty John. Mm-hmm. It no, was with Connie Britton. I love Friday Night Lights, so oh, Connie yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. so you didn't really have to sell me much. Yeah. Like, if she's in it, yeah, I'll yeah. always give it a yeah. chance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, she's just, like, rich. She's been divorced four times. She's got three kids. She makes a lot of money. She meets this guy on this dating site, and the motherfucker is crazy. Like, Damn. legitimately crazy i don't want to like tell you how it yep. is because it's, yeah. like, it's a crazy ending but i watched that to check that out i never heard of it yeah, yeah it's really good and you know i kind of go through things like yeah. I, i've been really wanting to watch this uh netflix show called all american i kind of mm. had that like next up on my mm-hmm. list but i'm like fuck i gotta get through this game of thrones that's all i've been watching yeah. i gotta just now yeah. i just, I just want to hurry game of thrones to watch something else well, that's a problem when it's like okay this has become a chore <laughs> yeah. that's how i thought i'm like this isn't like i'm not doing this because i like it it's just like, i have to finish it <laughs> this is a damn chore and it's like my hobby and it is yeah it's like my free time is going to game of thrones yep. and it's just like and it, and it was a lot and I, I got through it uh, and, and I'm glad I did, but now I'm now the payoff is this like really lackluster, like kind of weird season that kind of feels like it's like kind of like a fan fiction because I mean, yeah, because after season five, um, they got off the books because yeah, Martin, George Martin ha- or R.R. Martin hasn't finished them yet. And, and as a result, the, the quality of the writing has gone down drastically. Yeah. And this is why it's taking so long for him to write it because to wrap up a show like that is hard Yeah, and he can't just do it in a couple of years. It's going to take him 10 years mm-hmm. to do it. And he, he has the luxury of time and they don't. So cut them some slack on that. But that's pretty much my answer. I respect people who can who go to the movies all the time. I wish I was that person. I just never think of doing it. I live next to a movie theater. And I never I never go to the movies. <laughs> I got lucky because I now thinking yeah. back on it, I don't even really know how I got on this list. So mm. I got on this like media list oh, where okay. they send me the screening every mm. Monday. I'll know every screening in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And if I want to go, I get mm-hmm. up to four tickets. If it's not like, I couldn't get four to Avatar, but like yeah, if it's yeah. like a normal movie, like The Intruder, I could get yeah. eight people to go if I yeah. really wanted to. So I just, I email them, 
and every Monday or Tuesday. So especially the summer now when mm-hmm. like you know Aladdin's about to come out and like I saw Detective Pikachu. So yeah, yeah so like yeah. that's the biggest reason why yeah. now I go because like every Monday at seven o'clock if there's a yeah. movie that's coming out that Friday I really want to see I'll just I'll move things around and I'll just go see it. That's yeah, great. I, I gotta be that way. I want to see more movies. I always tell myself I'm gonna do that. I just, I just never do it. Yeah, I uh, since since I started dating Devin, we've been going to the movies a lot more. Yeah, it happens. When saw um. <laughs> Was that you movie? seen Us? Oh, yeah, Us was awesome. Us was good. I really enjoyed Us. Us was really good. I didn't, I didn't know I was gonna like it as much because I didn't really like Get Out the way everyone yeah. else did. Like mm-hmm. everyone loved Get Out. Yeah. I d- yeah. thought it was okay. Yeah. Um, but no, I really enjoyed Us. Us was Us great. Was uh, we saw Into the Spider Verse and we saw Overlord. Those were like mm-hmm. all the movies. There's no movie that has surprised me that I loved as much as Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, I went into so it. Good. I went into it solely based off word of mouth. Like everybody was like, "Oh, you should go see it. You should go see it." And I'm like, "All right, cool. I'll go see it." Man, I saw that movie because I, I took my mom and my sister. We went on Christmas Eve. And my mom was like, so, Kirsten, this is a cartoon? I'm like, everybody said this yeah. is good. Let's give it a chance. Yeah. My sister, she, my sister, she's a Marvel. Like, yeah. She's like a fanatic. She's their, she's the, she's their, their, their P1. She'll yeah. go see any, If it's Marvel, she'll go see, <laughs> she'll go see it. it. So we had to go see this movie. And I couldn't believe how much I love that Dude, movie. Dude, it's like, so good. I, it, yeah. Like, when Devin and I saw it in theaters, we, like, started crying in a part. And we're like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, why is this happening? Like, I gotta see that. Everyone says it's, yeah, it's awesome. It I'm gonna have to check that it's for sure. It's really, really good. Yeah, I would say yeah. last year, the the three best movies I saw in the theater were Into the Spider-Verse, A Quiet Place, and A Star is Born. Those are the best movies I saw last year. Yeah. Oh, nice. I've got to give a, give a shout-out to, uh, if I am going to say, um, yeah, Black Klansman. Uh, Great movie. Yeah, because it's you really gotta see good. it. Um, because um, Kevin Wilmot, who won the Oscar for that, his son is my best friend. Oh, okay, yep. cool deal. And um, so, and I grew up. He teaches with that at family. KU. Yeah, and... he, yeah, he's a professor oh, at KU. Um, the coolest, most amazing dude ever. He's been, you know, he's been doing this out of Lawrence his whole life, writing scripts for Hollywood. And he man, did uh, Confederate States of America. Do you remember that? I've heard of it before. I've never okay. seen it, but I have heard I mean, of it. It's good. Yeah, his movies are unbelievable, considering like the budget he works on. And then, you know, he went to college with Spike Lee. I went to NYU together, and then just, I mean, because the, the stories of the Black Klansman was, the script was not working out as an adaptation from the book, and then Spike Lee saw it, and then he was like, you know what, we got to bring in Kevin. And mm-hmm. Kevin came in, fixed the script, and then it becomes a huge hit, and, and then he wins an Oscar. Oh, wow, that's awesome. And, and yeah, and he's taking that Oscar around Lawrence, like it's a damn, <laughs> you know, damn parade for him, and it's it's unbelievable it's to incredible. see him. Because, yeah. no, I remember, you know, being a kid coming over to Kevin's house, Kevin uh, the second. And, and seeing his dad, you know, working, you know, just working, working, working on his computer, just typing all day and being now as an artist myself, like that has him as a role model to be like, man, that's what it takes to be great. And um, and to see him uh, do that in the movie's unbelievable. Like it's really, it's really good. Really good. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it. That's probably yeah, the that's, one movie like Big with Last Red that I, yeah. I haven't seen. That's the so that's the one. OK, so I was trying to think like what was the last movie I saw? That in Green Book. I haven't seen yeah. Green Book either. It's. That was, I feel like I know what happens in Green Book, but I don't want to see it. It's, and then I would say anybody that yeah. I really appreciate their opinion yeah. doesn't like Green Book, so yeah. that kind of made, so it, it, like, made it, my mind for me. It starts off really great, and it's going really, really well. And they're, like, they're showing like how fucked up it is and everything. And then the last like 15 minutes, spoilers for anybody that's never seen this movie, but they just do a thing to be like, see, guys, not all police are bad. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? Why? Why is that even in there? That doesn't need to be in there. Like It's just... It's just like a trying to like, 
appease everyone moment that doesn't have to be in the film at all. Well, but Black Klansman is the exact, exact opposite. opposite. <laughs> There's yeah. a moment like that, except it that's like doesn't really need to be in the film, but it is the opposite statement. Yeah, yeah I, gotta, I gotta see it. No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's, it's really fantastic. It's really, really well done. I was, I was, I was nervous watching it because you know it's like a friend, a family friend. I'm like, oh my god, what if this isn't gonna be as good as it's supposed to be? And yeah. then, I, and then I finally saw you it. Came and and it was, was good. Yeah, yeah I, was, I might watch yeah, it today so after proud. the playoffs game. Yeah, I, I don't have nothing to do after the playoffs. It's fantastic. Oh, you'll love it. Do you have a favorite video game? Man, that's a really good question. I'll just give groupings of games. I love Metal Gear Solid 1 on PlayStation. Mm -hmm. That's probably my favorite game of all time. Uh, I love the Resident Evil remake that they just had. Oh, like yeah. Resident Evil 2 is kind yep. of my thing um, as a kid. And I was I was a Pokemon kid, man. Like mm -hmm. I, was I played a, a lot of Pokemon. I was a, was a red, kid. blue, yellow. Uh, that was my thing. Like, you know, mm -hmm. religiously. Like, try to beat it with Squirtle, then beat it with Bulbasaur. Like, yep. I, I love Pokemon. Those are probably my, like, ones I'm the most close to. I'm A game I'm really excited about. They're making uh they're making a Streets of Rage four. Remember that game on the same? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th they're remaking Streets of Rage. I'm really excited about that. Those are probably yeah. I would say up my favorite video games of all time. Very nice. Uh, Final Fantasy. I was a hardcore Final Fantasy kid growing up. Uh, Final Fantasy seven, nine, ten, and then go back kind of play the earlier ones too. I mean, yeah, RPGs for me as a kid were were everything. So I'd say the Final Fantasy series and then the Zelda series for me were were those are those were definitely yeah. Link's games. Link's Awakening, and they're is making my a remake of um, Final Fantasy VII. I saw that, yeah, and it looks really really sweet because Final yeah. Fantasy VII I think is the greatest game ever made mm -hmm. from soundtrack to story. Um, and then RPGs, gameplays, whatever. It's all about yeah. the, it's all about story and soundtrack. Yeah. It's like reading a book, and now and it always just had the worst graphics though. And now they're coming in and doing the same thing with amazing graphics. I think that that is so exciting. Yeah. Yeah, One thing I really good. wanted to play is I'm, I, I have an Xbox and I've been like on the fence about getting a PlayStation. I really want to play that new Spider-Man game. I haven't played it's a good. second of it. Uh, it's actually, amazing. I actually bought that for my sister for Christmas. So I might just Ooh. take her PlayStation. I, 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 yeah. I might just borrow her PlayStation for a week. I eventually just kind of like moved on from it. It was like, I think I've done enough in this like i feel like i've even though i didn't finish it i was like i think yeah. i've reached my point where i'm like good on it but it was fun like zipping around the city is like really fun to do and you feel like you're fucking spider-man you know i watch people play and it looks like a lot of fun yeah it's a it's a cool game um what is your favorite local eatery um wings cafe it's probably really high up there gates right obviously. down the street wing cafe yeah, Gates, Wings Cafe. I'm a huge Wings Cafe person. They got the garlic parmesan that's yeah. just delicious. And they got mm -hmm. those sweet potato fries that are yeah. really amazing. I get the corn nuggets. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge taco person. Um, There's this place. It's on Southwest Boulevard. I always get the name wrong. It's called like Rico's Tacos Lupe or Tacos Lupe. It's, it's right across from that Crown Liquor, that Royal Liquor yep. place. Right across oh, the street yeah. from there. Right down the street from the uh, Boulevard Brewery Hall. Mm -hmm. It's right there. And there's this place in Kansas. I also want Independence. It's called San Antonio. I don't know if you guys have ever eaten there before. Mm -hmm. I've heard about um, it. Amazing tacos. I've heard about that. I've heard yeah. a couple people really um, speak like, highly of that. Like I best mean, tacos in town. Yeah, like authentic dollar mm -hmm. fifty steak, mm -hmm. chicken. It's it's amazing. So yeah, those, those are probably my favorite places. All right, so I'm gonna give I'm gonna give two. I gotta give one for Kansas City. I'm gonna give one for Lawrence. There you go. Because you know I'm I'm a Lawrence guy through and through. Yep. If you ever see like a weird Asian restaurant in a strip mall, it seems like it's always it's like there's a pretty good chance it's gonna be the best thing you've ever eaten in your life. <laughs> I there's this there's this place that's been there forever in this in this like this weird strip mall on Sixth Street called O Cafe. It's like next to like a like a like a subway and a tanning salon. And if you could drive by there, like I have my whole life and never see it. Finally, someone's like, dude, you got to go into this place. 
I'm like, really? The place seems weird. In Lawrence? In Lawrence. Oh, yeah, in Lawrence. It's okay. called O Cafe in Lawrence. And it makes, it's Korean food. And it is unbelievable. Like, it's just funny because, you know, Lawrence is not a big place. And for someone who's lived there as long, you just get sick of everything. Mm-hmm. And then to be like, oh, there's this place that's just been here forever that is unbelievable that you've never even, like, really heard of. So I've been, so we've been, like, my, my dad and I, we've been, like, going there, like, at least once, like once a week, nice. and we've been loving that. Um, I've always wanted to go to that burrito place. It's like real oh, close by Burrito King. Yeah, I've always wanted to go there. I've never <laughs> eaten there before. Okay, um, a little. Uh, yeah, you, you're gonna want to make sure you go to go have a few drinks first. Okay, so they, I mean, yeah. it's, it is the late night place. Okay. I mean, it's yeah. honestly it's gotten a lot better. The quality, like, because when I was growing up, so it's like Texas Toms. That's what it's yes. turned into. Yes. Texas Toms. No, right. it's it's there's a lot of hype for it because it is the there's just not very many late night options in Lawrence. And, and that's a good place. I mean, I could do a whole podcast on, on, on places in Lawrence. Yeah. I mean, you want the best sandwich, you go to Terrabon. Uh, yeah, Terrabon. Basically, if you're going to go on a date, go to Merchants. But if you want to find some weird, just like awesome off the beaten path thing, O Cafe, also Thai Siam. Those are both in strip malls and are like the weirdest looking places, but they are unbelievable. And then in Kansas City, I got to give a shout out to my, uh, my cousin, Chef Calvin, over at Freshwater. And um, yeah, he was a. Uh, I haven't been over there yet, but you, I really want to. Yeah, take yeah. You got to go on a, if you're going to go on a date anywhere in Kansas City. It is the best experience. Go into the uh, the chef's table, which is in the kitchen, and you can watch him do his thing. He was a uh, um, a beard finalist this year for up and coming yeah. chef. But, that. Yeah, and that's like a nationwide, just very prestigious. And uh, what's that's on uh, Southwest um, Traffic Way over there. Yep. And um, yeah, so he's. I just went there uh, recently and. He just keeps getting better and better, and yeah, it's, he's he's unbelievable. The things he does with food, from the presentation to all the imaginative ways he cooks things, and it's uh, pretty unbelievable. Every family dinner we have, that I get to have Chef Calvin, yeah, yeah, <laughs> cook for me because he's 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 uh, a genius. Yeah, my uncle before he moved out to North Carolina, now Arizona, he was a chef here in town. He worked at like American Restaurant, mm-hmm. a bunch of these places. So every Thanksgiving was like a fucking just like how. Oh how are we getting so lucky and he's like eight different pots going and he's just like walking around just tasting everything and then we eat and it was like just the most ridiculous food that i keep had. on telling cal it's like you need to like sell like we should like sell like one ticket to eat at our family at like thanksgiving <laughs> yeah for like like two tickets or something like that make it like super expensive to have and then honestly because cal's good but he does not have shit on my grandma oh like, man that woman <laughs> that woman it's is a master yeah and uh, so when they when they when they start cooking together, it's it's pretty unbelievable. And now he's got his stuff over over in his restaurant. It's 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 um, a really really cool space. It's, there's really nothing like it in town. Yeah, I need to go check it out. Uh, I'd say the place that I like the most right now is a friend of the show, Carlos Motierra's restaurant, Pollo, grilled chicken like mm-hmm. uh, half and whole. Uh, and they also do like adobo oh, ribs cool. and stuff. It's awesome. Sounds it's fantastic. Good. Yeah, and they have a bunch of sides. The way to do it is just like order like a whole chicken with like a group or something, and then get a bunch of sides and then just like make your own tacos and stuff. It's freaking oh, that's really, really fantastic. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good stuff. We're running out of time. Yeah, Thank the dog's you. snoring down here, so <laughs> yeah, I think that means like, that means the podcast uh, is over. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're boring them. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for coming on. It was very enjoyable. Yeah, no um, problem. Yeah, thanks for I, having us, Chris. I should have this up really soon. Hopefully, <laughs> next couple of days it should be up. So. Thank you guys for coming on. Oh, it was Thanks great for having me.